only ever be where you are right now. Bottles your podcast. It's the major investment in your life, right? The journey will always be your journey. Yo, what's good, my friends? Welcome to the Bottles Your Podcast, episode 106, featuring Hartley Bourne, aka Roy. The Bowl Sip weekly email newsletter is now being released, something that you guys have been asking for quite some time. You know, it's just a quick sip of social dynamics and what I'm currently exploring before your weekend dive. It could be an exchange from one of my clients and I. It could be a quick tip for you going out. It could be anything in the world of dating, social dynamics, relationships, human interaction. And then just all the other cool shit, whether it be around fitness, other podcasts that are blowing my mind, updates to the resources of wisdom, where I'm going to be able to let you guys know when new anime, docos, uh, music, quotes, books, etc. get added to it. Yeah, it's just a quick sip. So it's free. All you have to do is head to balldojo.com. Drop your email in there and you'll receive the very next sip, hot and fresh. This delicious episode is brought to you by Bulldozer.com, where you guys can pick up my ebook, The Toolbox of Game, Crash Course to Kick-Ass Day Game, get you out there, get your day game sorted, pair it up with a 30-day challenge and you will be sweet. You can also book one-on-one Skype coaching, where we dive into your limiting beliefs, create action plans to help you move forward in your life. You, know, you can get infill breakdowns, you can have HD recorded sessions so you don't have to worry about taking notes. You can also gain access to the Bowl Inside, which is priority messaging, which means you get access to me on my private WhatsApp number. You also get access to priority bookings, so you won't be waiting forever to get your session booked in. And finally, you can book in for those deep, immersive boot camps, the Day Game Foundation of Boot Camps. Have the path of illumination laid out for your social skill set. You know, it's about attaining the freedom of choice in your dating life, to be able to see a woman anywhere that you are, anytime, anywhere, no matter how you're feeling. And be confident that you know exactly how to run this interaction. Bring the best of yourself, the best of your 50. Convey that direct, congruent, authentic, masculine intent. Yes, sir. Bootcamp is just the foundations of that and the work to come, which will be uh, heavily, heavily involved with me for the 12 weeks after that. So, serious inquiries only, all via bulldozer.com. Now, if you guys would like to donate anything to support this channel, you can do so directly through bulldozer.com. In the podcast section, there's a donate button at the top. You can donate directly from there. Or if you prefer PayPal, there's also paypal.me forward slash A-D-A-M-O-O-I. All the links are down below and anything that you guys do contribute goes straight back to the channel. I super appreciate it. I'm very grateful. It blows my mind. So thank you very much. Now in today's session, I sit down for an absolute conversation with the OG, the guy that I came up with. If you guys don't know Roy's background, in our first podcast together, we go through his background story, through the army, through how we came up together. He's one of the original bowl members. And he's been my best friend pretty much for the longest times, longest of times since I was like seven years old. So we came up together and we've had a very interesting journey. And then today he just got off three months of uh, traveling through Southeast Asia. Some incredible stories, ridiculous stories about these underground casinos in Cambodia run by these uh, Chinese triads. And it's just so ridiculous shit. His story is always incredible. We also talk a lot about uh, a lot of politics as well around gun talk. Uh, gun laws in the US, international customs, travel in general, and also just being a man. It's something that Roy and I like to riff on a lot. It's just being men and the process of being men and not being weak. So yeah, with that, with that, that's a good dive in. It's an absolute conversation. So I'll catch you guys at the end. Yeah. Good morning, internet. Good morning, world. Hi, Hello, everyone out there. It's been uh, probably about three months since we last uh, saw each other. Yeah. It's been 10 yeah. months since you were last on the potto. Yeah. I've been doing my absolute best it's been very painful this morning to not get you to tell any of your stories because you've been on a three-month bender three-month romper yeah it's been been good um when when did i leave yeah probably just over three months ago now yeah so what was that we're in uh june 28th exactly june 28th i had to get out of melbourne 
just had to get out, had to escape uh, Melbourne's winter. It was disgusting. I'm like a reptile. I need to be in the heat. Mm. Um, so it's good to get out of Australia for a bit. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, with no explanation needed. If you guys haven't, if you guys don't know who Roy is, Roy's original bowl. Yeah. We've been coming up. But go back to the yeah. first potto. Just go back to the first potto if you yeah, don't yeah. know anything about Roy, which we discussed a lot of his army shit, the coming up story through the army. Mm. But you didn't just go anywhere for the last, you didn't just go into a rock for the last three months. Tell me about it. Yeah, I uh, went to Bali. Um, always gone to Bali. Love it so much. Mm. Um, a lot of people say, oh, Bali's it's shit. Because uh, you always see Australians over there. Just We caused a ruckus. We really do. Um, but there's a lot to Bali that people don't realize. So I was over there for oh, nearly a month. Um, Where do you stay in Bali? Uh, usually, usually Changu. Changu? Changu, yeah. I've never heard of that. Uh, very popular now. Like Last time I went to Bali, it was like New York City. Like it was really? just chaos everywhere. Like the tourism in Bali now is just what kind of people? Like white people? Uh, people from all. A lot of Europeans are going there now. Yeah, Europeans. But a lot of young people as well. Like people our our age and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and the traffic there's really bad. Really, really bad now. Like even on a scooter, like trying to get around, it's just they have this little road called short the shortcut. Mm. I call it the long cut. <laughs> like you used, years ago, you used to be able to go down on it, no no worries. But now you just cars go on it. And it's like a, it's like literally two, three meters wide. Like if you get a car on there, you cannot, and there's rice paddies all around it and cars fall off and shit. Um, and the Indonesian government's too stupid to be like no fucking cars here. Hmm. So it's just, it's just absolute chaos, but had a good time. Went up North, Northern part of Bali where like no foreigners go. Um, bit of a trek to get there. It's like a four hour, four hour scooter ride from Canggu. But it was really good. Like I saw some of the most beautiful places on the island. Mm. Um, met some random fisherman guy. Um, he's like, oh, I'll take you out in my boat. And you can go dolphin watching and stuff. Ooh, yeah. But if you go at 7 o'clock in the morning, there's literally hundreds of people that go dolphin watching. Mm. And it's, it's really sad to see. They'll see like a pot of dolphins and all the boats will just go swim. Just all over to it. So we went at a later time and it was really good. I paid, paid him like $10. Mm. Took us out, went snorkeling and... Oh, and he's like, come with me, come with me. And we went into his, he's like, these are my parents, these are my parents. We met his family and all that. Wow. Yeah, and they had uh, two massive pigs there. And then they had some <laughs> pig, piglets. And he goes, these piglets were born yesterday. And then he's like, stay there. And he came out with two fresh coconuts. Yes, I remember like, seeing this oh, on your uh, story. You've yeah. been a lot better at putting this on the story. Yeah, that's why I love traveling because it's just, just shit like that. Yeah. Like, and you wouldn't get that in the touristy parts of Bali. Yeah. So it was really unique. Mm. Um, had had a really good time. I haven't been back to Bali since I think it was 2012, 14 probably. Yeah, I mean, it's changed back. a lot. Um, if you if you go go with me, I'll I'll show you around. Yeah, next time I want to go. Yeah, for sure. Of course, I know Mikhail's listening to this. We'll go see Mikhail. Mikhail. That's uh, Mikhail K. Uh uh. I'm I'm sure we'll we'll go see him. But then I I would love to go to. Because when I went there, we stayed in uh, around... Seminyak? Seminyak, yeah. uh, Nusa Dua. Nusa Dua is nice. It's beautiful. Yeah. The rock bar there. Have you been to the rock bar yet? No, I've seen it on the internet. I can some tell really good hotels bar. there as well. It's amazing. Yeah. And uh, but actually, I was noticing the prices are a lot more expensive than when mm. we went. Yeah. Like it's starting to, it used to be known as like really, you could get the five, six star hotels, mm. four, three star Australian. Mm. But now it's actually starting to get the prices getting close. Yeah, supply and demand. Yeah. Um, even even now, like with the Australian dollar being so low, like you really feel it. 
you really do feel it when you're overseas. I was going to ask you, mm. because you spent, you've been to Bali like 13 times now. Yeah, a lot. I love it, yeah. But you're not like the average Australian who maybe has been 13 times, but always goes to the same mm. same spot and just does nothing the entire time. Yeah. You always explore these crazy, like, yeah, the pig man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You explore these crazy areas. That's where I would, I would like to explore that. Yeah, the first four times I went, um, the first few times I went with my army mates, we just got a villa in Kuda mm. and got absolutely blind for like a week. Mm. And I thought there's more to Bali than just being in a villa in a pool doing mushroom shakes and getting plastered. Like, it was good fun. It was really good fun. <laughs> was this a mushroom shake? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because actually the was first that? time I went to Bali was in 2013, 2014. Mm. And mushroom shakes were legal. What's a mushroom shake? Like ma- the magic mushrooms but in, a, in, a, just... in a, a bit bigger than this. All right. And you pay, it depends on the season, how much you pay. Yeah. Um, For those that are listening, just a coffee cup. Yeah. And um, yeah, they had mushroom, they just, they were selling mushroom shakes on the side of the road. What was that experience like? Um, well, I'm not really a drug person at all. I'm actually quite against it, but I was like, oh, we'll, we'll give it a go. And mm. the first time I did it was me and my friend and we, we smashed these two mushroom shakes and nothing was happening. And then we started walking to our hotel and then my mate, mate was walking across and going, Hartley, it's kicking in. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then we just walked even faster, which was probably bad because then the blood was just going through our body and the, it was hitting us harder. Right. And then when we got to the hotel room, we like locked ourselves in the room. And Why? Oh, just because you were afraid of what? Yeah, because oh, I couldn't even speak properly. I was like, like the, my thought process was just completely way off. Mm. And like trying to put a sentence together was like really complicated, like kind of mm. like that. Right. Um, I, I didn't like it, but I didn't hate it. It was just, it was just a really... The word tripping is, makes so much sense in that situation because you just, yeah, I, I wasn't a fan of it. And then the second time I did it, uh, like a year later, mm. with me and all the boys, we got some and we were in the swimming pool and we all just looked at each other and just started, just, ah, just started laughing. Just laughing. Yeah. And I remember being in the pool just like, just thinking, just thinking about stuff. And then I was like, guys, how did JK Rowling come up with Harry Potter? <laughs> And then everyone just lost their mind and just started like laughing their heads off. Like, why the why would you even be that, thinking that about that? That was the other night, actually. It was on last night, actually. Again? Yeah, Chamber of Secrets. Yeah, right. Yeah, they're doing the run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was in, fun fact, I was mm. in, on my eight-month prison trip to the UK when I was a kid. Oh, yes. I was like, what the fuck are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah. Prison trip. Uh, I remember when I was, the first Harry Potter came out when I was... I was in year three. You would have been in year two. Yeah, and yeah. I was in Melbourne. But then when I when we got taken to the uh, for those of you that don't know what the prison trip was, when <laughs> I was uh, seven seven years old, I got taken out of primary school and flown halfway across the world to the UK, and I had to go to school there. They didn't tell us that at the time. <laughs> I, my parent, my mom, and my stepdad did not tell my brother and I at the time that we were going to be going to school That'd there. That'd be so tough as a kid. We thought we were going on a fun trip. But no, we get there and all of a sudden we're wearing slippers inside the classroom. Like, what the fuck is this all about? This is in England, yeah? Yeah, yeah. they're called plimsolls. <laughs> and anyways, the reason why I bring this up, not to dive into that, uh, that story too much, but uh, the second Harry Potter came out mm. when my birthday happened during that time. I remember, I remember mm. seeing it there and the entire, because we got the whole day off school. Yeah. Everyone in the UK got the day of school to go to the premiere. Same as Burnside, yeah. And Harry Potter, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amazing. Yeah. The movies are still great though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I love it. Huge Harry Potter fan. But you hate Game of Thrones. I never, I watched half an hour and I'm like, nah, can't do it. I just, 
my attention spans just I don't know. I, if I probably sat down and like knuckled down and actually watched it, I'd probably enjoy it. But, it surprises me because it's yeah. fucking brutal. Yeah. Do you know how upset people were over the final the final season, particularly the final episode? Oh, do they butcher it? Was it just a shit? Well, Jordan, shout out to Jay. Jordan said that he was, he's a big fan as well. And he said, yeah, yeah weren't you so disappointed with it, Adam? Because I'm a huge fan. Mm. I'm like, nah, not really. Like, it wasn't amazing, but mm. it could never live up to my expectations. Yeah. There's nothing they could do because we don't want it to end. Yeah. So. You know. it's, it's like that. Like the Joker. I saw the Joker two days ago. Yeah. What was that like? It wasn't bad, but it was just. It, it took a while to get to the point. Wasn't Heath Ledger? Oh, Heath Ledger. The role Heath Ledger did in The Joker is... I'm obviously, obviously, I'm biased because I'm Australian. And he's obviously was Australian. But I, there's just nothing close to it. And there's like all these articles online like, the new Joker is a better actor. I, don't, I forgot the actor's name. Mm. He's in Gladiator. He's Caesar, Caesar in Gladiator. Same actor. I don't know. I forgot his name. But people are like, he's a better Joker than... Um, Heath Ledger, and then I went online. I'm like, no, he's fucking not. Just being, a com- just being a complete, complete troll. Like <laughs> the finger action. Yeah. Oh, with the internet these days, you can you can say whatever you want, and there's no repercussions. That's like, so true. People people talk a lot of shit. Yeah. Yeah, you got to stay it's, away from that. It's yeah, toxic. yeah. <laughs> it's good. It's it's good being a troll here and there. I, I don't mind just throwing a bit of bait in there just to. But you're wild on, you're only here for a week, but then you go back to Melbourne. Yeah, I haven't booked a flight back yet. But um, I'll probably be going back to Melbourne soon. I need to make that cash because mm-hmm. um, right now the bank account's taken a flogging because I've been traveling the last three months. Yeah, so get back um, to it. So we got off on a major tangent. Yeah. The question I was actually going to try and ask you about mm. before we got to this whole Harry Potter thing was <laughs> would you ever see yourself uh, living in Bali? Yeah, absolutely. I would. Yeah. Um, I'd like to, like, I, you meet a lot of digital nomads and stuff, like traveling through Asia and stuff. Yeah. And they, like, some of them have the ex- exotic lifestyle they put on Instagram and stuff. But a lot of them I met would just, like, I'd be at a hostel and they'd be on the laptop, like, the whole time, like, eight, nine, like, eight, nine hours a day, some of them. Like, I guess it depends what you do. Some do web development, some do their own entrepreneurial stuff. So I, it obviously differs. Mm. But to do some sort of a business in Bali, you need capital. You need, I, I guess you need money to make money, and I, I don't have that at the moment. Mm. But it's something in the future I would, I would definitely like that to do. Yeah. Just because of the lifestyle? Yeah. Mm. Just the freedom as well. It's People say Australian people are really relaxed people, mm. which I tend to not really agree with in a way. Relaxed? Yeah, because in Australia, everything's a process. Mm. Like, for example, if you wanted to fix the aircon, you'd have to ring up the, the man to come over and then you'd have to put in paperwork or he would have to come around at, at a certain time. And then you have to pay a fee for him coming out to fix the aircon. And then he'd come over here and go, I don't have the right part for this Fujitsu. I'll come back next Saturday. And it's just such a, everything's a process. Mm. But in, in Asia, it's, if something's like if fi- broken, they just fix it. Or yeah, okay. It's just, it's just really different. And everything's so much easier. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's pros and cons to everything. I mean, like Australian law is pretty good. Like, yeah, I, I traffic and everything, and just what about food? Oh, I'm not a fan of Indonesian food. Yeah, just really don't like it. But they have really good Western food and cafes and restaurants. Um, From what I see on uh, Mikel's uh, gram and whatnot, shout Mikel Dokay, and you're the Larrikin underscore travel. Yes, yes, it'll yes. be in the show links and the show notes down below. Yeah, uh, <clears throat> apparently, Bali's become a huge. Well, there's at least a section that's got a huge vegan hub, mm. but uh, you know, much more health conscious, food conscious. Yeah, there's some really good, really good restaurants there as well. Um, 
yeah, the value there is really good. You can go to some. It's expensive for barley standards, but if you pay for that in Australia, you'd be paying double. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I was wanted to ask you about whether you would consider living there because actually, one of my uh, my barber who I just got chopped from yesterday. Yeah. Shout out to Kim, best barber <laughs> in the game. Looks uh, looks fresh. It is. Yeah. You should touch it. <laughs> <laughs> Very How good fresh. Is it? Uh, he he spent like a month in Bali just like recently mm. and he loves it and he was like he, I think he said he'd consider opening a barbershop over there yeah um, which please don't at least not until like you know because <laughs> otherwise I'll have to fly over there and get my haircuts uh, but so yeah what happened through the rest of the trip because listen for those that don't know or weren't following you on the gram mm. I saw some shit <laughs> I saw I saw this like random clip of you from your point of view in this tiny smoke-filled poker room and yeah. you just kind of like put the camera around around the table and it was just like the seediest yeah. old Chinese That's the gangster most, man I've yeah. ever seen. I've been to some dodgy places, some really dodgy places. And these that, look that like guys from like a Jackie Chan film. Yeah. Like, like the leather jackets from like 19. Yeah, well, a lot of them are triads. Yeah, right. Um, so tell me about that. They don't have a certificate saying, look at me, I'm a gangster, I'm a triad. But... There's a, place, there's a place called Sahanikville in... I'm probably saying the name wrong. It's named after the, the king. Not the king now, the king many years ago. Hmm. It's like s- south part of Cambodia. But because I play poker for a living... Um, in, in po- in, I'll get back onto the topic in a sec. But in poker, we have like uh, a fish. Hmm. And a fish is someone who plays poker and they're really bad. And then there's people like, my, <laughs> there, there's people like myself that I like to refer to myself as a shark... Yeah. <laughs> who just eat the fish. And then you have people that are whales. Yeah. A whale is someone who's got a lot of money and they'll just float on by and then the shark will just eat eat the whale and the fish. Right, right. Anyway, Sahanikville in Cambodia, I've been reading many forums online saying the games, poker games, they're really big. Mm. So I was like, fuck it, I'll just go, I'll go check it out because I was in Thailand. My one month was about to finish and I had to be out of the country. And I was like, I'll go check it out. Went there and... The games there were really, really good, but it was just a horrible place. Really seedy. Mm. Um, I, I don't know how to describe it. There's a lot of poverty there, like some really poor people there. And the Chinese had literally taken over the city. Mm. Corrupt, corrupt uh, Cambodian officials and stuff. Can't, like, there's like casinos, underground casinos everywhere. Mm. Everywhere you go. Um, and you, you've, I, know, I know, obviously, you've been in the army, mm. but you never feel, felt not safe. Like maybe I shouldn't be here. At times, like when I cashed out and stuff, mm. I'd just sit around, or I'd like, I just, I'd have my wits about me. I'd be like analyzing the situation I'm in, seeing if anyone's looking at me, or and then just I'd, I'd go to the bathroom, put like a thousand dollar chip, just put it in my sock. So if I go outside, someone pulls a knife or something does happen, mm. they're not going to say, "Take off your shoes." So yeah, that's what right. I would do, and then I'd have like a hundred or two hundred dollars in my wallet. Like as a dummy, like just take it. Yeah, that was just always a a plan, just in case shit happens. Backup, because um, I've heard stories of people getting mugged and hmm. um, and bad things happening. But uh, if you're a criminal, if you're a, I'm not I'm not a criminal, but if you want to laundry money or um, do stuff like that, do bad things, then Sihanoukville is just a breeding ground for it. I mean, it's because they go off the US dollar. Say that there. again, Sahaniville. Sahanikville. Sahanikville. Yeah, it used to be like a, a really good beach there, really exotic. People used to go there, but now it's just all Chinese um, 
companies are going there and they've literally taken over the city mm. and it, it, a lot of criminals go there a lot of triads and stuff i think it's to laundry money and stuff yeah right. and I, I remember sitting down at the poker table and like everyone just staring at me um like who's this guy that was great footage because i just i felt like everyone at the table mm. not only did they look like they were really pissed off mm. but they all looked like they had a gun under the table probably did yeah they probably i'm not even I wouldn't even be surprised. They had like an airport thing where you go in there, metal detector, mm. but then there was a, you could walk in and then you could just walk to the left and just walk straight in. So the whole point of having the metal detector is, is completely just useless. Be careful with your glasses. Yeah, yeah. The, the whole point of the metal detector is just point, pointless because you can just fucking walk around it. Yeah. Right. Um, and I remember cashing out, going, going to the cashier mm. and there's one, it's like a little laundry and there's a lady in there and I, I give her my chips and she counts them out and gives me money. And I look behind her head and there is mountains of bundles of cash. Just cash. Like US dollar, just like stacks like this of $100 notes wrapped up. And there's, there's like mountains of it. We're talking millions and millions, tens, really? of, tens of millions of dollars. And there's a little Khmer lady there like sitting there. I was like, this is fucking not right. You think she's got a double barrel under the gun? Well, someone does. <laughs> Someone yeah. fucking does. Because I was like, what's does. stopping someone coming in here with a rifle and going, give me your fucking money? Yeah, right. You wouldn't get far. There's, I was just a really dodgy place. And then I'd be like, where's the toilet? And I'd be like, oh, up third floor. And then I'd have to walk upstairs. And as I'm walking upstairs, I'd walk past rooms. Mm-hmm. And there'd be like a room with computers and everything. And there'd be like five, six guys in tattoos just sitting there like this. And I'd walk past. Laid back shoulder. I can't help but walk past and look. And then they'll all be looking at me. And so what are they doing in there? It's not a hotel room that they're operating. Why, why is there six guys in a room on computers and shit? They weren't in suits like a corporate thing. It was just like a, mm. there's some dodgy shit going on, some really dodgy shit going on. Like, you think they're monitoring? Yeah. Yeah. And then like the, uh, a week later when I was in Pond Pen reading the paper, there's like half the newspaper was just like, five people in Sahanikville have gone missing. Da, 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 da. And, and that's just some normal shit. Yeah. And then like there was another one going, five people have been arrested in a casino in Sahan Agville. They found five firearms, three rifles and blah, blah, blah. And they had photos of it. And like hmm. like little briefcases with like a nine millimeter in it, completely decent. And I was like, gee whiz. Wow. So yeah, it's an, inter- it's an interesting place. It's a very, very interesting place. Well, where my mind goes to with this, with all this, I got I to gotta give some context uh, for those right now. Which is that Roy, the way he just explained that story, uh, there's a lot of detail and it all makes sense, mm. but that's not the way that I hear about it first. The way mm. that I hear about it is that I don't even hear about it. I'll just randomly go on the gram one night mm. and I'll tap on uh, the Larrikin underscore travels little profile <laughs> picture and all of a sudden I will just see footage of Cambodian gangsters and I don't know, I'm like, I'll, I'll type a message and I'll say, what the fuck's going on here? And then Roy would just very casually send me a message saying, Oh yeah, and I'm in a uh, a Chinese triad run underground <laughs> casino. I'm like, what the fuck in Cambodia? I'm like, <laughs> so I don't hear. I don't. I'm hearing this for the first time as you mm. guys hear about this. And my mind, the first question I've got to ask, man, is, do you feel like you you gravitate towards these environments, these extremely risky environments, which don't seem that risky to you, but to mm. the average normal person such as myself? Mm. seems like a ridiculous scenario to get yourself into but you seem to attract this and you seem to seek this Mm. do you think it's because of your experience in the army no i just think there's something i'm a 
it's something exciting about being in out of your comfort zone. Uh, maybe I'm a, maybe I'm not all there. I don't know, but I, I don't know. It's just I was predominantly there to make money. Like, yeah. but at the end of the day, if you're in a foreign place and there's a lot of dodgy shit going on, if you're a nice person and you project that, obviously they don't speak English. A lot of them is just Chinese. But I'd be I'd be nice to them and stuff. Or like there was one time there was a guy and I could see his cards. Like you meant when you get your cards, you're meant to protect them. Yeah. And there's a guy I could clearly see his cards. And I was like, I have an edge. I know what hand he has. And then I said, hey, I can see what cards you have. And they all looked at me like, what the hell? And then a guy, there's a guy who spoke English and he translated. And he said, oh, shishia, shishia. Hmm. Oh, good man, good man. And yeah. shishia says, obviously, thank you in Chinese. And you, you build trust through that. Hmm. But um, yeah, I, th- I think people are, what's the word there? That's why a lot of people don't travel because they're scared of the unknown. They're scared what's going to happen. Uh, I know a lot of people, I wish I could do that. Oh, I wanted to do this. It's, it's because people are scared of leaving their normal life, mm. going to a foreign, especially traveling solo. Mm. I love traveling solo because you can do whatever you want. This It's the ultimate freedom. It really is. But it's scary at the same time because you don't know what's going to happen. And if shit goes down, mm. you're on your own, buddy. Like, yeah. Yeah. This is uh, it's amazing you're telling. Well, mm. What you just said then was just like the ultimate. That's how you learn real savviness. Yeah. Like what you just talked about with the telling the guy about the cards and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. You can read about that all day, but if you're in the pressure mm. of this tiny little box room where we're smoking these gangsters and, and you create that trust, mm. that's like, that's, that's, that's not only is that living life, but that's real learning. That's not yeah, textbook yeah. learning, you know. Mm. I love that shit. Yeah. Very interesting place. Didn't like it at all. Yeah. How, how yeah. The, by the way, mm. how did the games go? How was your poker there? Yeah, uh, won, a, won a little bit. Um, not heaps, but it was enough, especially with the US dollar being so strong at the moment. Mm. I wanted to get my hands on it. Yeah. Um, and then I went back to Thailand. It was kind of good because I was, I was just free riding for a few weeks because mm. of the money from um, Cambodia. And I don't like traveling with a lot of cash because it's just, I don't know, it's, you're just an easy target. Yeah, so um, you do, but how do you deposit your poker winnings when you're over in these? I don't. I just walk around with cash. Um, yeah, wow. Yeah. It sounds yeah, yeah, dangerous. Yeah. Um, it's just annoying because Western Union and all these companies just take you for a ride. Because if I wanted to send money back home, there's like a 5% surcharge fee yeah, and then yeah. there's 10% on top. And then they do the conversion rate back to Australian dollars. And you have so, to pay that fee. Yeah, so by the time you've done all the math, you've technically lost 20% of your money, mm. which is just really bad. Mm. Um, so I'd rather just carry it, walk around, like, just have cash on me and just distribute it throughout. Usually when I have check-in, I'll have some in my... my toiletries packs some in my pocket some in just different places and mostly I'll for it. uh Is all, all different currencies different ones yeah um it was really dodgy a few years ago coming back to adelaide airport and they checked my bag they're like why do you have seven different currencies mm-hmm. why do you have two phones because i had a backup phone yeah just in case that's a really good smart idea i started doing that recently as well yeah and then i had had my passport and i'd been to the middle east that seen that and then like what's what's your ex-job I'm like military and it was just all these alarm bells were going off like mm. and then like we need sir we need to go through your phone do you have any explicit videos or photos you want us to oh, like terrorism about? check yeah and i was like go for it and he goes we've been having people going over to kurdistan da, 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 joining isis um, we need to take this seriously. And I laughed at them like, yeah, do whatever you got to do. Because <laughs> the most you got to find is a... Yeah. And they were just confused. They were just confused and like, why, why, do you, what do you, why did you go to Iran? Why did you go by it? Why are you going by yourself? Mm. And they're just, yeah. And especially the, the last three months, I've been traveling just carry on. 
Mm. So, which I've never done before, which is like, I've only got six. Oh, welcome to the club. Yeah. Six kilos in my bag of clothes for three months. Mm. Um, in Asia, you can get away with that because it's such a hot climate. You just pack your summer stuff on, on, you, on you, on the way, on yeah. the way you go. Um, but yeah, I came back to Melbourne. The lady's like, because the, the passport's got an electronic chip in it. She's like, you left Australia th- like three months ago. Why do you just have carry on? Mm. And I explained to her about it. And she's like, okay. And they x-rayed my bag twice. Like they put it through and she's like, all right, well, have a good day. <laughs> this is Melbourne International? Yeah. You can tell them this. Tell them Marine. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, it's just, it's just strange. Yeah. My favorite customs. Oh, really? I got, I'm not sure if, I, I don't think I said this on the, or maybe I did say this in a podcast, maybe sometime, I don't know, but it hasn't mm. been, it's been a while, I definitely haven't told you, Yeah. which is that there's new a number, there's now a new number one in my experience of the world mm. of the toughest customs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Canada. Really? Yeah. It was previously the UK and everyone thinks that the US is the toughest mm. customs out of all of them. Yeah, I've heard, I've heard uh, you talk about harp on about it. No, yeah. they're really chill. They're really okay. chill. Well, listen, the, <coughs> the the process to get through customs in the US mm. is very difficult because they make it very difficult. Yeah. All these different scans, all these different body searches. Take your shoes off, take your jacket off. You have off. to take everything off. Do a 360. Oh, he'll grab you under the balls. We'll do everything. Really? I got, a full, I got the full stripped out. Fucking hell. I remember when I went on this <laughs> uh, trip to coaching in New York uh, this mm. year, a few months ago. <laughs> I put on the gram a when I just come out of US uh, customs saying that oh, I got the full rub down. And I bet that literally. <laughs> Sounds like a massage. <laughs> actually, what was interesting is that, well, they give you the option. Yeah. They're like, do you want to do this in public or we can do this in the private room? And just I'm take like, your pants off, do it right here. I say, listen, I've got nothing to hide. Let's, flop, let's, flop your wang out. Let's get it, around man. it. <laughs> and so I stand there and they eagle spread you. Mm. So like your legs are really far apart, your hands are really far apart. Mm. And they start with the, he's like, this is the, he's like, sir, this is the back of my hand. It's just the back of my hand. And he just, <laughs> and he just starts like doing this just around the back, Grabs the your back of your body. The fuck what the fuck was that? Oh, that's my phone, I think. Oh, right. Yeah. Do you want me to put it on silent? No, no, sorry. Okay. Um, <laughs> if it goes off again, I'm going to charge it. Uh, and so he starts doing this with the back of his hand, sir, it's just the back of my hand. Go ahead and your torso now. It's the back of my hand. And then finally, he gets <laughs> he gets right down to your ball sack. Yeah. And same thing, he's just like, now, just, you know, just the back of my head. He shows you like twice. Uh, and then he starts like, this is just a quick tap. It's just like, yeah. A, just like that. Just like, yeah, little whoop. And, uh, and that, that was it. But the thing is, just it was the processing. It was just so mm. much processing. That's what's difficult about customs. But actually getting into customs, like mm. to actually get in the country, is not that difficult. Yeah. Compared to Canada, holy really? shit! I thought it'd be easy having an Australian passport under the Commonwealth. Yeah, you the, think the, we're on the same team? In, yeah, you think we're on the same team? No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, this is where it goes. The way I can judge that it's harder is because. Mm. What does that sound? It's my keys. Oh, it's your keys. I should probably I'm stop like, feeling. <laughs> people get so pissed off by that. So that's why I took the the coffee cup away from you. Uh, okay, yeah. I'm always fiddling around with <laughs> shit. That's why I got you some fruit, John. Yeah, I don't mind. Those berries look really good. The raspberries. Okay, so I get into customs, right? Mm. Oh, barely even made it because of that journey. <laughs> uh, and New Zealand really kind of fucked me over. But I managed to just, I managed to get the flight from Adelaide to Auckland, Auckland to Vancouver. Mm. So I have to go through uh, Vancouver. So it's Vancouver is the first customs I get into. Yeah. And then I eventually have to go to Toronto after that. But customs is the first port there. Mm. So I get in. Now, we go through... Uh, we pick up our bags, 
we go through the customs. Now, generally speaking, in the UK and the US, these are the questions they ask. They go, uh, okay, so where are you staying? How long how are you long staying, staying for? How much money do you have on you right now? Departing flight. Yeah, and, and they want to check your yeah. itinerary. When you, how, how long are you going to be here for? Uh, what's your purpose of travel, mm. et cetera. Now, when I was 18 and I went to London for the first time, the yeah. night before you, Matt, and I played uh, hide and seek in my, in my house. Did we? Do you fucking remember that? No. You got a terrible memory though. So it doesn't surprise me. I don't remember. That. Don't you remember I, that I, night? It's weird. I, I, I remember weird random shit, bud. I remember the meal but we that had. That is weird and random. Mom, I'm surprised I don't know. Mum cooked us lamb risotto. We had lamb risotto. But there was that, remember that night? You remember the night anyway though. Maybe you don't remember the hide and seek. But you and Matt came over mm. uh, before my, I went to London for the first time on my own. And so I got, I got wrangled on that trip just because mm. I didn't know how to answer the questions. Yeah. I was hesitating And a lot. the pressure and you feel like you've done something wrong. And yeah, they- yeah. I was 18 years old and that guy, was, that guy was a dick anyway. Yeah. But in Canada, I'm well experienced with customs yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. I, know, I, know, I'm just, I know my shit. So th- we go through the first three questions and it normally should end there. Mm. Once, every, once he sees everything's in line, he sees my accommodation, he sees my exit flight, uh, he sees, uh, and I told him how much cash and my purpose of stay. But mm. then it goes a level deeper, <laughs> which I'm like... So the next question he asks is, so uh, so with, with this uh, with this coaching, what, what do you mean by coaching? What is this mm. coaching job? I'm like, well, and what, what I tell these people to make it easy for them to understand is I don't mm. say social dynamics because that's what my label is. Yeah. But they're not going to understand that. Yeah. So I just say self-help. I say self-help because everyone can relate to that. Yeah. You can go into any bookstore and you'll see self-help. Of course. So I tell him I'm, yeah. a, I'm, a, self, I'm a self-help coach. And he goes, so he goes another level deeper. It should end there, but it doesn't. He goes, so how do you get your clients? Oh, God. Now, he's not out of interest. Sometimes custom yeah, guys like are just genuinely interested, yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's fine. Yeah. But this wasn't out of genuine interest. This guy, this guy was fucking like, he's starting to like dial in. And I'm like, give him a body pad. Well, I have get a, on the ground. I have, I have a website, <laughs> and I get my clients through online means. Yeah. Well. So another question deeper. So what? Instagram, YouTube. Facebook, and I'm like, all of them. And so, and what I learned from this, when 18-year-old Adam mm. would have got really you would have, oh, uncentered. Of course. And that would have made him even more suspicious. But because of here, I know what he should be asking and should not be asking, mm. like in terms of what's reasonable. Yeah. So as he got deeper with the questioning, I got more firm. Mm. So I got, I was like, I was really nice and like smiling at the beginning and, you know, really happy to just, uh, you know, kind of just, Put elaborate, not yeah. elaborate comments, but you know, be like, yeah, it's, you know, having a good time, having mm. a good day, etc. But as I felt him get sharper, I got sharper. Yeah. To show him that. You got to lay him out. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> you're not controlling this. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm controlling this. Yeah. And that's the frame of mind you got to give them because any hesitation. And they'll and, fucking drag you in a room. What are you doing? Exactly. They'll start waterboarding you. <laughs> yeah. So he's like, and, and so he kept, but he just kept going with these questions and he kept going and, uh, just to to my social media and mm. to how I'm getting these clients and what my clients are like, strange. the That's background really of my clients, all this stuff. And I was giving him the impression of like, are you done here? Yeah. Because what's going on? And I've never experienced this level of grilling and questioning That's really weird. in the public space, not in like a private room. I've never been taken to a private room. So he didn't take you aside? No, this, this wasn't. Was this was just out in the front. Yeah. How long did this whole thing go for? This probably went for a good, and I had to make a connecting flight, so I was also trying to be sharp with him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but this probably went for a, probably 10 minutes. 
Wow. Just in the public space for context for guys here mm. in the US, in and out in three minutes. Like, I'll answer three questions. How long are you here for? What's your purpose of stay? How much money do you have on you? Mm. All right, accommodation. Let me see your itinerary. Done. Boom. Everyone's look starts looking at you and shit. <laughs> uh, it's, it's done. The whole spotlight's on you. Like, but in Vancouver, it's like this guy. Yeah. And then once I, once, I, once I finally passed, it wasn't a personal thing. Mm. Um, he went, he's just like, all right, next, next person. But I'm like, why did... Why did it have to be like that? Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, we're on the same team. Yeah. We're on the same team. I'm so Australia. weird. As an Australian going mm. there, you think... If you're from like a, maybe a country that's like a lot poorer, yeah. the, the questions would be, oh, that's so weird. That's really, really weird. Yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, and so like the US is my favorite to get through customs because mm. they just, they make it... Not not the process, but they like have, especially in LAX, you have to walk like a twenty kilometer marathon just to get through LAX. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, to Canada. But my overall experience of Canada, you know, people say that Canadians are the friendliest people in the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> incorrect. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely incorrect. Now I'll be fair. Everyone I spoke to in Canada said because I said in Toronto the whole time mm. said Toronto Toronto is not representative of Canada. Right, so it's they, like New York in America, I guess. Well, they, they said there's like Toronto, of all the people I spoke to, all the Uber drivers, all the people I spoke to there, uh, like the people that were serving me, they all said Toronto is basically New York. Yeah, And right. they're that close. It's like an hour flight away. Jeez, so but, lucky. Yeah. So lucky these people can just, same in Europe, like, oh, I'm just, oh, I'm going to France for the weekend, then I'm going to go to Germany <laughs> with mom for fa- a couple of days. Yeah. And it's like, you fucking kidding me? Like... We live in a continent, like just huge island in the middle of middle of fucking nowhere. Thank God for aeroplanes. I tell you what, mm. if there wasn't aeroplanes, we'd be fucked. Like, hey man, three and a half months ship ride yeah. from LA to Sydney. It is a good time to be alive. We're at peace with the world. Off topic again. We're at peace with the world. No, this is a good topic. We, we have the ability to travel like wherever we want. I could go online right now, book a flight, re- reasonably priced and leave. Can you imagine 50 years ago? That just wouldn't happen. I always tell so, people this. That... When I was uh, the first coming back from New York mm. uh, in June, we had a... So I'm in LAX. Mm. So we flew from New York to LAX. We're in LAX. We get onto the plane. We sit on the plane for three hours. Mm. Literally three hours we sit on the plane. Oh, before it takes on the off. To- on the tarmac. That's fucked. For three hours. Now, the flight from LAX to Sydney, this at that time, is pretty much one of the longest straight flights in the world. It's 14 mm. and a half hours straight. Direct, yeah. Yeah, and so, so you add an extra three hours to that sitting on this plane. Mm. Now, people like, complain about that, but it's like, listen, okay, so instead of a 14 and a half hour flight, mm. it's going to be a, a 17, 17 and a half hours, hour yeah. flight. But, and I was telling people this on the plane. I'm like, but listen, back in the day, it used to take three and a half months to take on a, a boat, ship. On a fucking boat. And you weren't even guaranteed to live. Yeah. People yeah. were dying. Yeah, and there's, can you imagine the seasickness as well? Oh, oh brutal. Scurvy. So, yeah. Children were born on those ships. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. So when I see this like old lady in the other aisle who gets up and is like, what the fuck is this shit? Yeah. Why have we been here for three hours? Get oh, me my rosé. There's such a difference these days. I see it with the generational uh, difference with... with um, I'm in Melbourne because, you know, in Melbourne, it's, it's very left wing, mm. um, which is strange because Melbourne's a very educated place. Like a lot of people go to uni and stuff, but they have no real life experience outside of Melbourne. Mm. So they just read all these things and they, they f- form opinions thinking that facts. Mm. And I remember the vegans, you would have seen it on the news. 
they blocked off Flinders Crossing oh. and the whole tram network got disrupted. People were late for work. Mm. And I remember walking past and people getting carried carried to the paddy wagon like, yeah. stop killing animals. And they get, I've got to give it to them. They're very persistent in what they do and they really go balls deep into it. Yeah. But, oh, and then there was some lady, um, some lady on a different tram network. I had to catch a different tram. And she's, she was sitting there. She would have been 80 or 90. He goes, these vegans don't understand how bloody hard our farmers have it. This is disgusting. <laughs> and like really getting into it. And you could just see, you could see like, young, like younger people like looking at her and like whispering. And like, it's such a generational thing, you know. It's, it's a big difference. Yeah. Well, one, one generation went through World War II. Yeah. And the other generation went through Instagram. Yeah. It's, oh. It's a huge difference. People starting these movements and I always wanting to complain about stuff. I'm like, fucking hell, we live in a good time. Mm, the best a time. really good time yeah people don't understand how good they have it i always try and remind people of this all the yeah. fucking time remind myself of it all the time like yeah. even just the simple thing of google yeah parents didn't have that one the information of. out there is just even with pua and like how to socialize and meet people mm. like even me with melbourne like i can just i don't know a whole lot of people in melbourne i can just go online and go go on meetup and just go out and meet people. It's, just, it's so easy. The internet is so... There's a lot of bad things about it as well. But there's also so many good things to it as well. That's the thing is that because it makes life so much easier, mm. it allows people to be weaker. Yeah. I see this like... You, back in the day, back in our parents' day, you couldn't afford to be weak because you wouldn't survive. Yeah. 10,000 years ago, you couldn't afford to be weak. You would not survive. You have to go out there and kill animals just to eat. And now we can just Uber Eats? Like... Yeah. Yeah, you get old Jambali who can just yeah. deliver you a hot soup. Can you imagine if shit got changed and where we're back to basics? Yes. We're just normal human beings again. Well, that's not normal technically nowadays, but you're back to the caveman era and people have, to, people have to provide and shit. People would freak the fuck out. There'd be people out there. And being a man would be cool again. Yes. Like, Adam, we're going to... Like, in today's society, as Sasha says, Sasha Day game, like... Oh, let's go. Let's go grab this this ball, this animal, and kill it. You go over there. We'll go kill this lion. Yeah, no worries, Adam. Mm. And now people are like, "Fuck, man, I don't want to talk to her. She might, she might say she's busy. She fucking might." Yeah, because society has put a big pressure on them for just to go talk to someone of the opposite sex. I mean, I thousands, hundreds of years ago, we were out there hunting animals and taking over countries and going to this. war and stuff. And now people are oh. My Goodness. I love I love this this topic and this thought exercise because I say it so often in my content mm. that I my job shouldn't exist. It, sh- yeah. it shouldn't exist. It shouldn't be. <coughs> excuse me. Uh, you shouldn't have to be taught social dynamics. Yeah. You shouldn't be so far gone and so lost yeah. to the point where you didn't have older brothers and older men and the tribesmen the leaders that will lead you through the rituals of becoming a man. That's all normal. Mm. That shouldn't be missing from society. If anything, yeah. that should be the number one thing. Yeah. Right? You got to have before, like, and it's cool that we have these microphones and this internet and these planes. Look at this. Uh, we've got this Himalayan rock salt lamp here. You got this, this dark chocolate and blueberries Camera over here, phone over here. Yeah. Shit. You got all this crazy shit. Yeah. But yet there are simultaneously, men that uh, boys that look like men mm. right there are a lot of boys that look like men which is to say that there are a lot of guys that have made it to 30 35 40 mm. yet 
don't have strong cause. Yeah. They don't know what it means to be direct, congruent, authentic yeah. with people around them. And that to me is like, I would give up all of this technology. Well, let's go. Take me to Pandora. <laughs> take me to Pandora. If we could get back to, well, every boy has to go through the rituals to become a man. Yeah. I would much rather that. Do, do you think someone who, in terms of game, um, you know how you have people that are called naturals? They're just natural at what they do. Yep. Do you think that's through genetics, be, just being born with it? Or do you think it, it's upbringing and having um, someone you can go to? What's the word for that? Oh, like influences. Yeah, someone you can look up to. Like, oh, what's the word? I'm trying mentor. To think of the word. Yes, that's the word. Mentors. Mentor. Mm. Do you think it's through upbringing and having a mentor? Do you think it's just being born like that's a good question. natural. I think uh, I think there's both. I think the mm. first part to your genetic makeup yeah. is that you your machinery has to be not broken. Yeah. So of course there's going to be on the spectrum what I refer to as a scale of zero to ten, zero being the hard cases of all hard cases, and the tens being the natural of all naturals. Whether you lie and the five just being the average dude in the middle. Mm. I think if you're a five and below, specifically getting really low to that scale, really yeah. hard case you most likely do have some genetic predisposition uh, to having some broken wiring going on in your mind in yeah. terms of uh, you just don't perceive and pick up social cues as well as, well as the average person does. Yeah. So there's definitely that. There's definitely, I've seen this from my clients. The thought process and how yeah, the mind, yeah. That when they came out of the womb, they just didn't, they just don't pick up social cues as well yeah, as yeah. other people. However, makes sense. I think, but that's a part of it but I don't think it's nearly all of it. I think the mm. second part of what you said there is much more. Yeah. I think it's much more to do with your conditioning, to do with your hardcore wiring yeah. to your parents predominantly when you're coming up. Mm. How did your parents treat you? <coughs> right? we, all, we all know those, if you think back to when you were in primary school, the kids that, the popular kids, yeah. right? often their parents were also pretty sociable as well. Yeah. They often had brothers and all sisters. Know. Yeah. So they think it's like father like son. Yeah. It's so true. Yeah. I see it in people. I even see people like your typical Chad. They look like a Chad, and but they're not. They're like really soft, humble guys, or they're a little bit shy. And I was like, "Fuck, man, you're like six three. You got a chiseled jawline, and you're yeah. a bit shy. Like it's quite. I don't know. And that that's through upbringing. It has to be. I've coached these that guys. Has to be through uh, up- upbringing. Yeah. Definitely. And then you get another guy who's like small and and maybe not a Chad lookalike, but he's super alpha. Mm. Just through the people he hangs out with or maybe maybe it's small man syndrome i don't know definitely no uh, conditioning training i think that makes up far more of it which is why i was talking about before which is why i don't care about the technology so much and like it's cool that Mm. all the modern advancements of civilization Mm. but along the way we lost what it meant to be yeah full stop we lost what it meant to be yeah and when I say that, for those of you, for the hard case out there, it's like, what do you mean? What I mean is that just our fundamental core as human beings mm. that had this mentality of that you rise above all adversity. Mm. You, don't, you don't allow the small shit in your life to get you down, that you just keep rising. Yeah. And that, yeah, you're going to have tough days and, and shit's going to be tough for sure. But that doesn't mean you give up on life and that doesn't mean that you become this <laughs> sour fucking bitter yeah. little troll on the internet who spends all his day in his bedroom with his little half hawaiian pepperoni and box of tissues yeah and box of <laughs> tissues and his and his maybe it's maybelline uh <laughs> moisturizer or whatever uh 
you don't, you don't, you, that, like that wouldn't have been allowed mm. if you, if we re, if I could just imagine we rewind 10k years ago. Yeah. If you had a rough day out on the field, uh, on the savannah, mm. and you didn't get the, the, the you didn't get the kill, mm. well, you don't get to go back to the cave and just sulk. Yeah. So no, we've got to eat. We've got to keep going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll get up the next day and we'll get back to it. You know what I mean? And if you didn't, you just die. Yeah. But now <laughs> it's so true. It's as brutal as it sounds. It is like. Yeah, it's crazy, and now nowadays, if you pretty much get whatever you want, you know, and oh, even in even living in Australia, we're even more lucky than most of the world. We have the I mean, best team. I, I explain to people in like Asian countries, like if you don't have a job, the government will just give you money, mm. and they just couldn't wrap their heads around it. Like, what do you mean, Hartley? What? Why? Yeah, right. Like, how does that happen? Like, and I'm like, oh, we have a thing called tax, and the tax actually goes to the people it does it's not corrupt like your country <laughs> no that'd be a bit me but yeah you and other, like people in asia are like oh if you don't have a job and you don't provide you just you don't you're, you're yeah, pretty much you know yeah, what i mean right. that's um, it's brutal yeah and then you have you have people here just milking the system and getting and other people paying for them to live their life it's like yeah. fuck, you're lucky you know and they complain about oh, rah, rah, rah. it's like ah oh, no, bro. Like you, you, you don't have any diseases. Like even myself, I look at myself. I'm so lucky I can even walk around. And you know, I, I saw some it's clean water. You just drank that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even like yesterday, I saw a little girl in a wheelchair, and I was like, like, and her mum was wheeling around, and she looked really upset. I was like, fuck, man. Like so lucky. Like you got to, you really do have to take the small things in life for granted. Like. Speaking really of, lucky. speaking of, you're so true because just around the corner, mm. about mm, two weeks ago, maybe three, mm. uh, I was going. I was taking a bus in to pick up some more kangaroo, and the entire street when I got out to the end of my street was blocked off. There's no traffic. I'm like, this is a bit weird. <coughs> I walk up to the bus stop and there's like a police police wagon that's blocked off the road, and there's a guy blocking off traffic. Yeah, and I'm like, what the hell's going on here? And halfway down the road, uh, there's a whole bunch of police cars. And I just search up Google. And uh, there was a car accident just at the Shit. end of my street. And, and I'm like, okay. And then I find out later that this is like 11 a.m. Yeah. That a 23-year-old dude. It's weird timing. It's a really weird timing. Yeah, like 11 a.m. Yeah. And this 23-year-old guy was speeding down one of the adjacent roads, yeah. main road, and had just lost control and just drove straight into a tree and killed himself. What? At 11 in the morning? 11 in the morning. And I walk up and down that road Every single day, twice yeah. a day on my uh, power walks. And it was at 11 a.m. It was an absolute miracle. He didn't kill anyone else. He died? Yeah, he died. Holy shit. But was, was the reason I bring this up is that because you hear about this stuff on the news all the time. It's yeah. not uncommon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's when it's really close to you mm. that it reminds you of like... And that could have been you just walking. Yeah. Like you could have got T-bone. I, I walk up and down that road all... I spend my days up and down that road. You got your earphones in, walking along the road, uh, side part, sidewalk, yeah. doing your thing, and then a car just t-bones you. You're, you're not going to have time to react. But he That's was scary. the next morning. I woke up and I was and I was walking down the same road. I'm like, there's a family now that doesn't have a 23 year old son. Yeah, uh, friends that don't know that that can't see that guy anymore, yeah. and his life is just snuffed out because he made a really poor decision. Yeah, but he doesn't get to live anymore. It's crazy. He's done. Yeah. So you got to take life. It's it's amazing. I, I don't know. He wasn't under the. They didn't think he was under the influence. Mm. Um, well, I'm not sure. Like, I'm not sure they didn't say that in the report anyway. I looked yeah. at it, but it was just for the next couple of days. I just kept thinking about 
So there's a family waking up this morning that doesn't have That's, a 23-year-old yeah. son. And so, I couldn't imagine. But it was just like just around the corner. And it just, you know, we see <coughs> this is like, it's different when you see on the news like uh, like a three of, in Pakistan at the moment. Mm. Like you often wake up, it's like 150 people Suicide bomber dead. just swirls in and yeah. detonate. Yeah. 150 people, 300 people dead. Mm. I want to talk, to talk to you about this. I want to talk to you about the shit, the mass shootings that are going on in the US. Yeah. Because it's getting out of hand. It's crazy. It's getting control. Mm. And I want to get your perspective on it, mm. especially someone who's come from the military. Yeah, yeah. Because... Now, the news doesn't even care if it's not like over 20 or 30 bodies. It just doesn't get talked about, yeah. Yeah, like it, it might, you might see it for a second. Yeah. The most, I remember there was one in Texas really recently and, uh, you know, 10, 50, 10, 50 people it's shot up and it's like, well, another day, well. Just another day, another dozen people dead, yeah. Yeah. What do you oh, think it's, about it? It's just interesting you say that because I like to have these discussions with people mm. and because I've traveled and I've met, you know, Americans, Germans, what people from other countries, I like to talk about their political yeah, uh, thing yeah. and or gun laws or whatever, and people get really emotional and get really aggressive about it. What do you? It's hear? different to Australian people. If you have an opinion about the Labor or Liberal Party, you can say it, and people aren't really going to get that offended. No, people don't really uh, care. To yeah, be yeah, yeah. But in the, like, especially American politics with Trump and all that, I'll talk. I, I like to talk about it, but people get really aggressive. Mm-hmm. Like, and, but it's annoying because I want to have a. I want to have a. And I want to be an adult and just have a conversation Flesh about it, it without, without shit hitting the fan. You well, know? what do you think they should do? What do you think they on should gun do? laws? Yeah, in the US. I, I think. What's your thoughts? It, it's oh, it's it's in their culture. It's an American culture to have a gun. It's just it's in it's in their DNA. It's, it's in the, it's in the constitution as well. People think they can just just Second Amendment, sign a bit of paper and it's done. It's there's more to it than that. Mm. But I believe, and at the same time in Australia, if someone comes into your house. Um, at two in the morning, you got to just shake the hand. There's nothing. <laughs> yeah. There's nothing you can do about it. I, I guess you could use a knife or whatever, but then you get done for murder. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm against gun. I'm just against it because when you have firearms and guns, there's the access. The access. There's the access. Like in the Northern Territory, a few months ago, uh, three or four people died. A guy got his gun out of the safe, went on a rampage, killed three or four people mm. because the Northern Territory has the most relaxed gun laws in Australia. Mm. And I think we should learn from history. And I think a lot of other a lot of other countries look at the Martin Bryant situation in Tasmania, where he killed uh, fifty three people or whatever. Mm. Um, and John Howard brought in the gun, the new gun. Oh laws. yeah, and Port Arthur. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he that was one of the biggest things he ever did was get rid of rid of, rid of guns. Yeah. I believe a farmer on on a farm. Sh- well, yeah, there is laws for that actually. Where they, they, there's regulations on what you can have. Well, we're allowed to have guns, but yeah. there's reg- it's regulated, and it's not anyone controlled. can get them. It's very controlled. I have a mate who has a firearm in the Northern Territory, and the police will come around and do a random um, check to see if his firearm's secured in a safe. And your ammunition a, a, has to be separated from. Yeah, it can't be stored in the same safe box. And obviously, the weapon has to be in the unload condition. Yeah. but it's in America. You. I was watching a documentary on gangs and police and some of these gangs have M4s with an ACOG scope. That, that's our regular army do, don't even use that. Our special forces use the shit that they yeah. use in... It's just ridiculous walking around with an M4 and a suppressor and shit. It's just... Why do you that? Should that? Not, yeah, exactly. You're not, you're not kicking indoors. You're not over in Afghan taking out people. Why, why do you need that? Oh, self-defense. Mm. 
And there'd be a lot of people right now being like, you don't understand. Da, 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 da. And maybe you're right. Maybe I don't fully understand the American gun. I think I have a better understanding than most Australian people, actually. Mm. But I'm, I'm just against it. Because when you have firearms, there's the access. There's the access to get it. If you've had a bad day or something really tragic happened in your life, mm. this is what happens. People get on a, go on a rage and they get a gun and then they go out and then all of they they kill people. Like it's, you think it's, it's that, up. just because it's right there. Like for example, it the, makes it easier. The the Texas one I was talking about mm. was a guy who was driving up the highway or something and got into a driving infringement or he got pulled over by the cops or something. I don't yeah. remember the exact story. But basically, because he had his rifle in his car, <coughs> they just went on a shooting spree. And yeah, do you that's think fucked. that if the rifle is not allowed to be in the car or if it's not there, you think it's you think it's just the access makes it too easy? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely, hundred percent. And like, even with like the use of force thing, because I study this a lot. Being in the military, use of force when you're in operations, you need to know your use of force in case shit hits the fan. You need to know what you can and can't do. So I know a lot about it. Mm. And it seems like in in the United States, um, their law is very different. Like with the police and all that. Like if something's there was uh, on the news the other night, there was uh, a lady came home from work. Um, she, this is in New York. She went. She was on level three. She went to level four. Went into her house, and there was a guy, a, a guy on the couch uh, eating an ice cream. She pulled a gun out, shot him, killed him. What? And she was like, "Oh fuck, I'm on the wrong level." Holy yeah! So she gone in there, and and there was one. There was one. Another one last night. Are where you have you seen the one last night where there was an American man? Um, his daughter was going out with some guy from Norway, mm-hmm. and the Norwegian man flew into America to surprise the family, and. He's a fucking idiot because mm. he, he jumped the fence at like one in the morning and like was banging on the back door to su- surprise them. Yeah, right. And then obviously the dad woke up with his gun and oh, was like, what no. the fuck's going on? He ran, hid in the bushes and then he came out and he's like, surprise! And he shot him and killed him. Oh, no. Um, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I don't know. If there's a guy knocking on the back of my door at one in the morning, I'd, I'd be fucking I know, that's I'd so be unf- pulling a knife out and so being like, what the fuck's going on? But, but you'd be pulling a knife out. Yeah, you're but pulling out a uh, just the whole use of force, the whole use of force thing, you know, mm. and it's sketchy as well because if if you don't like someone, you really don't like someone, you could set them up and say, "Come round to my place," or you could set them up, shoot them, and then you can go, "He was on my property," and then legally you can True. you can use lethal force. Mm-hmm. And it seems with the police as well, they they can. Um, you remember the terrorist attack that happened in Burke Street? Yep. With a guy who set a car on fire and he had a knife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was swinging it around. Yeah, yeah. This was um, all like five months ago, four months ago? Yeah. And the cops were very hesitant to shoot him. Yeah. Um, oh, they did everything they could not yeah, to shoot him. Yeah, and I was like, him. gee whiz, if that was, the, if that was the US, he'd be getting a bullet immediately. Yeah. And I, I, I'd be doing the same yeah, thing. Yeah, for those who haven't seen this, it's great footage. It was yeah. a guy in Berkshire who said it car on fire, car on fire, and there was this great, several angles of footage from people up in their apartments yeah. filming it. And there's this crazy guy just with a, <coughs> not a particularly big knife. He was just fucking swinging it. Just swinging it. And there's three or four cops just like kind of you know, corralling him into a space. And this went on for quite some time yeah, before be they pull, finally be, decided to pop I'd him. be pulling the trigger. Yeah. And then they finally shot him. And he would have got it. There would have been a huge inquest about it. Like, why did you da 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 da? Yeah. Oh, it's... The reason why I wanted to bring this up is because I've been thinking about it lately. And every time I see a, a US uh, mass shooting... Mm. Every time I see this pop up in the news and you see this big outcry and this big outrage, if mm. it's big enough, which yeah. is really sad because even if one person goes down because it's of one this, too many, yeah. it's one too many, yeah. yeah. But 
what, what, what keeps going through my mind is that I know it's a very complicated debate because you can't apply what happened in Australia and what John Howard did to the US because mm. we're a country of, at that time anyway, not, maybe not even 20 million. Yeah. But now we're about 24, 25, yeah, 20 yeah. something million. You know, that's the entire population of Los Angeles. The US that's has crazy. 320 million people and that they have more guns mm. than people. I so, think even more than that. Recently, I looked at nearly 400 million people. Yeah, and the, they have more guns yeah. than people. So we can't. So I understand that it's more complicated than just because you couldn't physically take all the guns away, even if you tried. Yeah. And the people aren't willing That's to give it up. Weapons. So that there's also the other part of that. Well, it's also the extreme mental health issue of these people that are on these meds that are mm. just going fucking crazy trying to shoot people. There's that as well. But. So I understand the people that say, and also the Second Amendment and the right to defend ourselves, all this stuff. Mm. I understand all the arguments against gun control. <coughs> but what, where my mind goes to is that, and for all these people I've heard on Joe Rogan's podcast, come on and debate it. What, I, what keeps running through my mind is, well, why don't you just try something? Because mm. they're not doing anything. Yeah. Right. They they they'll sit and they'll debate and they'll debate about debating. Yeah. But they're not willing to try anything. Yeah. So it's like while there's all these debates going on, people keep dying. Yeah. All these mass shootings keep going, and it gets worse and worse and worse. Especially that one in Vegas. Oh, where, I at the concert. That. Yeah, yeah. And Dan yeah. Bilzerian had that that footage. Did yeah. you see that? See that footage? Anyways, and uh, he got his gun out and whatnot. And yeah, he wanted to be a hero. But, yeah. yeah. But that was last year, I think. And. But everything that keeps going through my mind is that, well, while you guys keep sitting here debating this, it keeps getting worse and worse. Yeah. So while you guys might think it's the worst thing in the world to, to maybe just try a little bit of gun control, maybe don't take all the guns away, but how about Regulate it. don't have- let mentally insane people or people that don't even know how to use the gun, if you want to get a gun in Australia, mm. you have to go through a at least 12-week process. It's such, a, it's such a process. It really it's is. like 12 weeks of training. Yeah, you have to go through gun safety. Safety, and like you wouldn't believe. They have to make sure that you're pretty much marksman certified to even have it. Yeah. Have it. And you can't have any mental health, no misdemeanors, nothing like that. Yeah. If you have any criminal records, no. It's like, couldn't you try that? Couldn't yeah. you try it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. At least try something. It's like, all about votes, something. though. It's all about votes. If Donald Trump, for example, was to just ban guns, so many people would, would just not vote for him. It'd be like half the country would just not vote for them. Yeah. So it's all it's all it's all political. But just just fuck it off. Get just yeah. get rid of it, or at least regulate it. I mean, I think the regulation is a good medium because yeah. I don't think you because what for those that don't know what happened in Australia after the Port Arthur massacre, yeah. which nineteen ninety six, something like that ninety seven, yeah, end of the end of the nineties era, yeah. But what what happened was that they did a voluntary gun buyback where. What that's right, there's yeah. that, and there was also regulations, so mm. you can't just go into a shop and buy a gun anymore. But mm. what we say is that because we couldn't take all the guns away, we say is voluntary, which is that for those that wish, please bring all your guns in and we'll yeah. dispose of these guns. However, if you're a farmer or if you have legitimate use, mm. you can now get a license for it, yeah. So it became licensed and regulated, and we've been sweet ever since. Mm. Now, you could just, I know it's not going to be the same application. But at least in the US, mm. you don't even have... You can go into Walmart, a 13-year-old yeah. in some states, five-year-olds, eight-year-olds, Charles Sonnen... That's clinical. Charles Sonnen was talking about in Oregon, it's normal for five, six, seven-year-olds to get their first their first guns, legitimate that's guns. ridiculous. Right? Mm. It's like, well, how about let's set a minimum age mm. and also 
you have to have 12 weeks of training and be regulated and make sure you know how to use use it and also just make it normal. Yeah. Because look at the process you have to go through to get a car license. Mm. It's harder in the US to get a car license than it is to get a gun. It doesn't surprise me. Isn't that ridiculous? Yeah. It's just silly to me. It's yeah, I Yeah, I'm 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 pretty lenient with things and I'm pretty Yeah, but with the whole gun law thing, it just it's it's, it's an easy one as well. Just don't have it. <laughs> To me, it's just why won't you try something? Yeah. While you guys sit around and talk about talking, debate about debating, mm. people keep dying. Yeah, it's yeah. And I know it's, it's not good. I know it's, it's complicated. Good. But this yeah. brings me to the next something else, which is that the perception of the US being really dangerous. Mm. Listen, I've spent a lot of time. I've spent an accumulated whole month in New York now. Mm. People think of New York. The perception is like it's such a scary, dangerous place. The crime. I always get asked <laughs> about that. It's like, I don't know, what was New York like? Because I don't just like stay in, uh, I had to stay in a hotel for a few days, but I don't know, I, I live when I'm there. I stay in Airbnbs. I oh, stay in neighborhoods. This really good. It's good, huh? Yeah. Um, yeah, anyway, Airbnbs, great. New York Airbnbs. is one of the uh, friendliest places. Mm. It, if you go down dark streets at 1 a.m., yeah, but that's just yeah. like anywhere. If you go looking for trouble, you'll find it. you find it, yeah. <laughs> but no, I meant... Uh, New York is actually getting friendlier each time this time back because mm. uh, the first time I went was for coaching back in a few years ago. Mm. And then a couple of years later when I went back this year, uh, it's getting even friendlier. I really want to go there. Yeah, uh, I really, it's up there. Mm. I was looking, I even last night when I was uh, walking to the casino, I just whipped out the phone and I was just curious. I was like New York accommodation and I tried looking at hostels because there's such good value there. You save so much money through it. Um, and I just couldn't find a hostel on there. Mm. I don't know what it is. Maybe they have a lot of homeless people and the homeless people take up the hostels. I don't know. But I was like, I've got an accommodation problem at the moment. I think my best bet is what you did and go through Airbnb. Well, let me um, say this. New York yeah. is, uh, if you were to stay there, you have some dollar. <laughs> Breed some coin. Yeah. To, to just to survive in New York, uh, you got to have some coin for it. Yeah. Now, I, I barebacked. I, I sashimi styled it. <laughs> Uh, well, the first time I went, which basically was a visa, I, I went on a budget mm. and that was, uh, and you can get by, Yeah. but this time I was a lot more smarter about, a lot smarter about it. Mm. But listen, in the world, ex- living expenses, London, the most expensive. Yeah. London's ridiculous. New York. Ridiculous. The first time I went was like a step below that. Yeah. Now it's almost on par. New York is ridiculously really? expensive. Just to get an Uber from like a uh, 51st street. Not, not even, like 37th Street down to 16th when I was changing mm. Airbnbs. Yeah. We were in an Uber for like 20 minutes. Ended up being about like $70 or $80 Australian. That's ridiculous. Oh, our Australian dollar right now is taking a real hiding. It's the lowest in 20 years. Oh, we're getting crushed. So now it's the worst time as an Australian to travel. Even when I was in Thailand, I felt it. Like a few years ago, I went there. 28 baht yeah. got me. No, one Australian dollar got me 28 baht. Now I went to the bank. I got 19 baht. Oh absolute hiding that's like a 35 percent decrease in what you can well we always used to be on par with canada we used to be like in fact even slightly ahead like a dollar for a dollar one dollar for a dollar two now uh now we lose yeah canadian Canadian dollar is is even the singapore dollar is overtaking yeah um i I looked at the chart the other day actually 2011 our dollar was a dollar 10 to the u.s so our australian dollar was stronger than the u.s dollar and now it's done. It's literally done a complete one hundred and eighty. I say this to all um, my clients. Like even being in uh, Canada, yeah, is that there's no other place in the world I'd rather live than Australia. Yeah, our standard of living mm. is better than anywhere else I've ever been. From 
South Pacific Islands, to New Zealand, to Malaysia, mm. to the US, to uh, Japan. It's pretty good. To London. Our standard of living here, mm. I think it's just because we have such little people here. Yeah. Our standard is so much higher than everywhere else. In fucking Canada, you have to pay to use the tram in the city. Oh. I didn't pay. <laughs> I did. I refused to. I got on the tram. And right? they know. And what I noticed was that when I got on the tram is in, uh, in Toronto, just below the Eden Center, I got on the tram back to get back to my Airbnb. And I noticed like as I'm standing on, and I, I, didn't, I didn't pay, I didn't swipe for anything because mm. in, in Australia, you don't pay to use the tram in the yeah. CBD. If you go outside the CBD. Is that the same as Adelaide, is it? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know Adelaide. that. Okay. Melbourne's obviously like that, but Adelaide, mm. I, I didn't know that. If you go outside the CBD, you have to. Mm. And you want to go to Glenelg, etc. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But... And I noticed just like, I noticed all these people tapping and swiping, but they're getting off a couple stops later. And then, so I just hop on my Google mm. and I'm like, do you have to, I just type in, do you have <laughs> do to you pay have to, to use the tram in Canada? Yeah. And it's like, yeah, you have to pay. And it's really expensive. Fuck and I'm that. like, that's bullshit. That's not going to happen. That's yeah, bullshit. Yeah, yeah. And I refuse to. I'm like, I would not pay for this tram. Yeah. Uh, surely you guys could get together and say, listen, listen, let's just add a little 0.1% tax so we all chip in yeah. for a free tram cbd yeah, system yeah, yeah. which is what we have in australia yeah and like even it's just but it's small shit like that yeah that makes a huge difference to your daily life yeah yeah oh like like in melbourne like even people don't even when you're outside the free tram zone mm. people don't still don't even touch on yeah and i've had some close calls because the first time i got done and it was an undercover guy and i was like how i didn't even know they had undercover operators that went around checking and i freaked out and they're like still standing around the door and i was like because I, I couldn't do a runner how much was it um, I got an official warning. They brought in a thing where you get a warning. Oh, that's if cool. you get done after that, it's a two hundred and forty dollar fine. Yeah, right. And oh, you'd see them at tram stops waiting, and then when you get off, they'd be like, "Show us your Mikey." I've had a few times where I've just hoodie on, earpiece in. I don't know who you are. I don't know who you are. I just walk <laughs> off, and nothing happens because um, they're not going to run after you. Yeah, don't double, just take take you down. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. most people will stop and they give their details, and mm. oh, yeah, it's. It's it's pretty it's pretty chilled, yeah yeah. No, I think it's better than especially the food. That's what I noticed the most. Mm. Uh, our quality food is better. Oh, than I love it. Uh, that was one thing I was missing missing when overseas. It's just Australian Australian produce. Oh. Oh, even last night, my mum went to the butcher and got some sausage sausages and um, kebabs. My God, it was good. It's just That's a reminder of how good our shit is. Dude. Even our dairy, even fruit, vegetables, vegetables, everything. Yeah. Oh, even like Amazing. time, you know, the herb time. Yeah. Getting that herb in Canada and the US. Really? It's like, this isn't real time. This is bullshit. <laughs> like, this is bullshit time. This is terrible. But when you compare it to Australia, and I get back to Australia, we've got like fresh thyme growing out oh. here, fresh rosemary. It's like, it's, it's such a huge difference. And, you know, my clients mm. always say to me, like, Adam, you paint Australia like it's this paradise. And I'm like, listen, I've been around the world to many different countries. Yeah. You're very it, educated in the matter. If yeah. it sounds like paradise, it is. Yeah, I pro- that's one big thing I miss about Australia is the well, number one, the fresh oxygen. Oh, like just yes, when, walking out of the airport a few days ago. Even being in Melbourne is pretty good, but walking out of the airport in Adelaide, I walked out and the first thing I noticed was just the fresh air. Like yes. big, and it was oh, it was like a really chilly fresh air. It was really good. Oh, really good. <laughs> on my on my gram, every time I come back from somewhere, yeah. I always record my first moment stepping out of Adelaide Airport. Just having a breath of Yeah. Oxygen. I'm just like, the air quality is so much better. Yeah. It's like noticeable. Mm. Holy shit. Oh, I've been to places like, probably Vietnam was the worst. 
mm. like northern Vietnam because I, I, I drove the whole country in a scooter. I remember being up north, like it's, it's, it's near China mm. and it has some of the worst pollution on earth. Mm. And I remember driving for three hours and I took my helmet off and my whole face was just black. And like in, like in my mouth was black. Like my tongue was black. Oh, That's man. how bad it was. Jesus. And because I didn't wear a mask. I, I, sometimes I wore a surgical mask and everyone wears these huge, it, it looks like a little gas thing with a little. Yeah, you got to get a on ventilating one. I, 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 ne- I never got that. I probably should because yeah. long term, that's going to fuck your lungs up. There were, I was sitting um, on a plane. Uh, people behind me in the seats behind mm. me, they had those for the plane. Yeah. Because the air is recycled inside the plane. Usually it's um, Asian people that do that. They're, more, they're well more educated than, than white people. Oh, these are actually white people. But oh, okay. I don't know yeah, in general yeah. though. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But yeah, they were. Um, that was cool. I actually did a podcast on a plane with one of those, that one, the lady. Yeah. yeah. That was cool. What was it? Uh, Sheila. Shout out to Sheila. The good old surgical mask. Yeah. But speaking of China, we're going to talk about China. China is... Uh, uh, my mom linked me an article mm. the other day about the bride price. Have you heard about this? Bride price. What do you mean? Like buying a wife? Kind of. Is that what you mean? Kind of. Yeah, yeah. Which is that because of the epidemic of the... <laughs> the men to female, the ma- the male to female ratio in China because of their years and years of the one child policy yeah. and their favoring of males. Yes, because the belief was that the males, when growing up, would then come back and support the yes. the parents. So they were literally aborting female fetuses. That's fucked. Right for a long time, they yeah. were trying to get rid of girls. And so now they didn't think about what that would mean in ten twenty years. Mm. And so ten twenty years later in two thousand nineteen. Now it's that the ratio is like four dudes to one girl. You're kidding me. Yeah, and this is for like well, a I'm not going massive, there any, I'm not going there anytime now soon. Now, if you think about... That doesn't sound that bad. But, uh, <laughs> if you've got a population of 1.5 billion yeah, people... Like a, a quarter of Earth yeah, in just one country. That's a lot of dudes compared to girls. Yeah. So what's happened now is that it's reversed because they got rid of the one-child policy because yeah, they, they need did. more girls. Yeah, that's true. And what they've done now is that there's this process and forgive me Chinese people if I'm not getting this 100% correct but I looked I watched the article on it read the article on it and uh, I might try and link it up in this week's bowl sip email weekly newsletter shout out bottles.com put your email in (laughs) (laughs) you should do that every time you mention the bowl sip be like (laughs) (laughs) that's my point Uh, what's it saying there Uh, I might put the the article in if I can if I can remember Mm. but basically the bride price which is essentially that now to get, because women are in such demand, yeah. what they're doing now, they have this thing called the bride price, which is basically a dowry in which that the male's family is expected to pay for the wedding and also in some in situations, the house that the couple <sighs> are going to live in. Not a fan. Now, basically, the women have this extreme power now, which is that, well, if you're not going to pay a higher price it shouldn't be about like it's the a money. Compet- it's a competition now yeah. to see who's going to pay the most for the most elaborate photo shoot the most el- cuz they're really into that yeah. the most elaborate wedding ceremony the most elaborate house in a lot of situations and the woman can pick from these suitors because basically it's like whoever's willing to pay the most so it's not even based about the person it's just based it's not at all based about cash yeah not That's at all it's really weird coming from a, a communist country like china mm. where women there are very traditional Mm. Um, yeah, that's, that's quite strange. It's because of supply and demand. Yeah. If there's only like one girl to every four dudes, it's like three dudes are going to miss out. Yeah. Well, apparently Russia and the Ukraine's the opposite. Apparently yeah. since the war, World War... Because all the men died. A lot of Russians died during the Second World War. 
a lot of the whole died. population of Australia yeah. in Russians die 20 million. Or yeah, something. that's why a lot actually a lot of Australian dudes are going over to Ukraine and Russia and marrying these absolute babes. Mm. I might have to look into it, but yeah, look it. I was watching a documentary on it on 60 Minutes the other day. A lot of guys are going over there because yeah. there's just these stunning, beautiful women, and there's just no guys to. You've been with a few Russian girls, huh? yeah, one. One. And she was a bit hectic, wasn't she? Oh, she was a dime piece, though. Yeah. Yeah, I met her in Bali. She was lovely. I remember you telling the story. It was yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I wouldn't mind going over to Russia, actually, just to suss it all out. Let's go. Not I, just because not because of the bit, just because the bitties, but it just it seems like a really interesting place. I the only problem is it's on the other side of the world, and it's... Um, There's a lot of red tape to get in there. Yeah, but it's somewhere I would really like to... Um, Check out. Even in Cambodia, when I was playing poker, there was just a lot of Russians there as well. Mm. Uh, in Thailand, I trained with Russians. Mm. Quite, quite a lot of Russians. In Canada, yeah. there's a lot of Russians. Yeah. I went by a, a street market on my one free day there. Yeah. It was all Russian people. We were just selling really? all these antiques and whatnot. I had a lot of conversations with them. I said, I'm noticing all these... Why is there so many Russian people here? Yeah. And it's like, oh, it was, it was uh, the... I can't remember the exact year that they all moved over but apparently a huge population of russians moved over to canada yeah wow at a certain point well geographically it's not so that far away yeah it's not too far no not at all even surprised me the other day that america and canada is not that far from europe either no like it's just across the what oceans are the atlantic yeah yeah i think it is but i love i love listening to uh U.S. people complain about the flight from U.S. to London. Oh, please. It's like, I think it's like six hours. Give me a fucking break. If, That's like here to freaking Bali. Well, like Melbourne to Bali. That's the same. Uh, it's like takes longer to cross from, from Perth to Sydney. Y'all need to shut the fuck up. Yeah, it's, they, they complain about these things. It's like, try the 14 and a half hour flight. Yeah. I've become an absolute veteran of that now. Yeah. It's a terrible... F- well, you get used to it, but... Oh, I had to do a 30 hour flight from... Pon Pan, Cambodia to Melbourne. Yeah. It was shocking because the, all, all the flights were just ridiculous. Like a one and a half grand to fly home. Mm. And I saw one, it was $385. And I was like, I'm gonna, just going to go for it. And it was from Pon Pan to Singapore. No, Pon Pan to Kuala Lumpur mm. with a 13 hour, um, it wasn't even a stopover. I had to get a different flight. Yeah. But it was so cheap. So I was, I was in Kuala Lumpur Airport, just on the carpet, just just sleeping. I starved myself of sleep for like 36 hours. Oh, so when I got on that plane, I was just yeah. knocked out. Yeah, no and when I got to Kuala Lumpur, I just passed out, woke up, and then I had to fly to Singapore. Mm-hmm. And then there was a three-hour stopover, and then I had to fly to Melbourne. It ended up being a 30-hour commute by the time you put the Sky Bus and taxis. And it was, oh, yeah, yeah. I felt like I was doing uh, an Adelaide to London trip That's or worse. something. It's yeah. terrible. Yeah, man. You get used to it, though. Oh, once you don't want to get used to it though. Like mm. I've had a lot more inquiries to do, uh, particularly in the US, more coaching in the US since the last trip. Yeah. But I've, I've denied them all and said, and then come down here. Yeah. <laughs> Just because it fucked up my health to go mm. from Adelaide, you get it, Adelaide get to sick. New York, then come back and then Adelaide to Canada, then come back. Um, and I did real, I was really on point with my nutrition. I was fasting, I was meditating, mm. I was eating the highest quality nutrients, but it's, it's more that it completely derails your, your routine. Yeah, it does. You need routine. Yeah. So I'm not a fan of it. I'll do it for like one stage of the year, but that's it. Mm. I'm trying to get into one of those things people call a routine. Mm. It's good. Like when I was in Thailand, for example, doing Muay Thai, I had such a good routine down pat. Yeah, yeah. talk about this. Tell me about uh, that. It was so good. Like I, you used um, to do Muay Thai camp in Thailand. Yeah. So I did three weeks there, went to Sarnikville for poker for a week and a half. Then I 
went back for another three weeks. That's how much I loved it. Mm. I ended up paying like $20 a day. To do the, the camp? Yes. Wow. Which was such good value because it was two two-hour lessons a day. Mm. Um, so eight to 10 in the morning um, and then four to six in the evening. Mm. And you get Sunday off. And I, I stuck to it. I did nearly all of the sessions. So in total, I did six weeks. Mm. Um, do the math on that. Yeah, and you got super fit, and when I saw you on the gravel, I was you got super lean. I lost three kilograms, which isn't a lot, but for my body but weight, your weight, yeah, I, I dropped from like seventy three to seventy, um, and just the energy I, I even now, like I'm not shutting up because I think I'm a lot fitter now. I did lofty yesterday, smashed it out, which mm. I don't normally do. Mm. Um, just being fit, um, cardio wise, you just have so much more energy. Mm. Like I used to sleep, like I was like a koala. I used to sleep ten hours a day. Now, I, now I just need six, seven hours. I'm good to go. Mm. Um, but the fitness was really good. So I, I go from eight to 10. Then after that, I'd go get a coconut. Um, I'd go to the beach, get on Bumble and Tinder, meet people. Then I'd go back and do a, a four to six. And then I'd go out to a bar or something. Oh, so, it was so good. Even talking about it right now is making me quite upset because I want to get back into it. Good, but, good um, right there. Yeah, I really recommend anyone um, to, to give it a go. Muay Thai is really good. Not even if you're into the martial art. The fitness aspect just fitness. is just... Really good. Yeah, really, really good. When uh, Roy and I were like 16 and 15, we, we, we were balls together. Deep. We were balls deep in Muay Thai oh, and shit. MMA back in the day. Back in the day, what we were doing is that we would go on YouTube and we will search up tutorials on rear naked chokes, yeah. on rolling knee bars, all this mm. stuff. And we'll get up in my, my uh, on the second level. I remember it like it was yesterday. We'll lay out the mats yeah. and aka mats. Here? Yeah, Yeah, we would literally get a pillow I'd strap it around our bodies. It did the job, though. They'd go to fucking town on each other. Yeah. Double legs, leg kicks, leg sweeps, yep. rear naked, even arm bars. We were fucking... Yeah, kimuras, Yeah, everything. And then we, what we would do is then we would take that to school. Oh, that turned into a... And with our fire club at the school. Oh, I still remember Mr. Blue at Assembly. Boys on the back oval, there will be no more fight club. Yes. That was that. such a good thing. It wasn't... It was. It, it ended up getting pretty gnarly. Some gnarly you, shit happened. Do you remember that? What they got so good. Like this, to paint this story, I'm mm. not. Sure, I don't think we talked about this last time. No. But that turned into a movement. It started <laughs> off. Yes, it did. It started off very small, in which that it was just a couple of us that were just wrestling. We were just wrestling in the on the back oval. This is Maryville High School, and uh, oh, I like that shirt. Oh, uh, yeah, thank you. It's a good shirt. Dickies, Texas, USA. Uh, it looks like I've been to the US. It looks like I've been to... And you've got a good tan on right now. It looks like I've been to it. Texas, but I've never, never stepped foot there. And so it was just like, it started off with just a few of us just kind of messing around, kind of trying to take each other down on the back oval. But then eventually a few guys got in and uh, it just like gradually, it was like four or five... Oh, I'm good. Thanks, man. It was like four or five people... Uh, four or five guys getting in and then it would be like 10 of us and we're all just like fucking around just like taking down it just trying to take each other down and mm. just just fucking around but then all of a sudden people came to watch yeah like other this is i was in year 10 at the time so you're in year 11 uh no i think i was in year 12 maybe it was anyway yeah it doesn't make a difference yeah year 10, yeah <laughs> and uh and then like different but kids from different year levels uh, year eight, year nines, and what we noticed is mm. that a lot of girls were coming to watch. There's some quality as well. Yeah, and it would be to the point where on a given day, like these like year nine, where well, I was in if I was in year ten or year eleven, the girls from the younger year would come by like, so you guys like fighting today? Or... <laughs> and I remember this one particular redhead, uh, absolute bid, absolute bid. She comes like, so who's fighting today? 
And and I remember we tell her it's like, oh, no one's fine today. We have uh, the the guy on excursion or something. And she's like, fuck. You're like, he's like Adam was like the Dana White of Maryville High School. You were promoting just this matching year. fights up and stuff. Yeah, yeah, and it was so good. I remember shout out to Jack Loftus, uh, oh, who was he was a trooper. He, he was, took on anyone. Yeah, Jack was shorter than me, but he was a real. Uh, he wanted a to go little terrier, a little terrier, yeah. Little terrier. And so basically, it got to this point where uh, we were having scheduled fights, essentially, <laughs> just no no head striking. There was mm. no head striking, and it got to the point. Where so many people were coming to watch, we're talking like 50, 60 people will come mm. out and watch in the back over that w- two teachers were refing. They <laughs> there was this shout out to her. I can't remember. Mr. Her Mr. Name. Robinson was one of them. He was the white hair guy. Yeah, Mr. Mr. Robinson. Yeah, he was all right. Yeah, he was he was a big lad. My year ten math teacher. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I had him for math as well. Yeah, good guy. Actually. But then there was a female teacher who got fired because of it. No, you didn't tell me this. Yeah, she got fired oh, I because didn't know of that. it. Female teacher, uh, she was a science teacher, and she was like, well, as long, listen, as long as you boys are not uh, striking each other in the head, this is okay. I want no, she was like a ref, I want no eye gouging, <laughs> I want a good clean fine, protect yourself at all times, let's get it on. Let's not. And as what a, teacher was this? I, don't, I can't remember her name, but she got fired because of it. You were kidding me, was she like a, a, a sub teacher? Yeah, yeah, she wasn't a main teacher. A substitute, teacher. yeah, right. Yeah. And so I remember some fights between Jack Loftus and Jake... Jake, I name? remember him. Him and me was such a good matchup because we could never... I'd take him down, he'd take me down. He yeah. was a bigger guy than me, but I, I fucking stuck it to him. And this is what I loved yeah. about it because I love grappling, which is that there was this guy called Will Johnson. Do you remember Will Johnson? No. He was a he was farm boy strength. He was literally a farm boy, but he I'm was... Trying to put his forearms like the thickness of this like Himalayan rock. <laughs> and he was much taller than me. If I was at the was time... Was it your year? Yeah, yeah, it's my year. I, I, I know the face. Oh, Johnson, blonde hair, real tall. Uh, well, not Jack, Jack, but just strong, super yeah. strong. That farmer strength. And I remember getting into a, uh, a, a a dust up with him, and just because I knew a little more grappling, I knew a double leg that mm. I was able, to, and I knew a rear naked that I was able to get over him, mm. and it blew my mind. I had this one moment where we were grappling. I remember we were like, you know, we were just like clinching to begin with. Mm. And I, I, I dropped it. I dropped levels for the double leg. And it was really hard to get him down the first time. Mm. And we got, and he got back up really quickly. But I remember the second time he gassed because mm. wrestling and grappling is extremely intense. Yeah. Right. But I was used to it. And I remember this one moment where we were just getting back to our feet. And I realized, oh, I was like, he's really slow. And I <laughs> went back in for another takedown and he felt like a leaf. And I took him down for the second one, and I spent the entire the next ten minutes on yeah. his back like a monkey, trying to lace up this rear naked. But because he was so strong, he yeah. could just pull my arms off. Oh fuck! And I just, but I just kept going. That's kept so going. tiring, though. Having to do that would yeah. be extremely tiring. And I didn't. I will. I'll be fair. I didn't actually. I didn't get him to tap. Mm. Uh, but it became a stalemate at the end because oh. I he, he couldn't get me off his back, yeah. but I also couldn't finish up the choke because he's too strong. He kept taking my hands. Fuck, up. We should have started like prom- like having money and shit involved. That would have sure. taken it to the next level. But to paint the story out here, guys, which is that like uh, even the cool kids were coming to watch. When mm. I say the cool kids, I mean like all the jocks and 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 the girls and whatnot will come in and like. I remember the footy lads would come back like, oh, who's fighting today? Yeah. Who's fighting today? I want to see a good Fuck, fight. Some of them are really fucking annoying. I remember they were like, one guy, I forgot his name. He's like, Adam, when are you going to fight? Yeah. And then he didn't come or something. And then you're like, and he's like, come on, man. We came here to watch it. Yeah. And then you're like, if you don't 
if yes if, if you don't want to be here leave we don't care mm. and then he was like mm. yeah because we were just doing it for fun there was but there was people there that were like oh pissed me off they'd all talk all talk and they'd never actually get in the but they wouldn't do anything yeah yeah I remember oh. people that would stand there on the side going like, Where's, when's the next fight? Why do you fucking get in there? Yeah, I'm like, well, oh. well, if you want to be here. And that's when we actually, I remember Jake drew up rules. He's like, if you're going to come to Fight Club, you have to fight in Fight Club. Yeah. I remember, fuck, what's his name? Aaron DePopoliani or whatever his name fight. is. Yeah. And he was, he was going really hard on me. And I remember he went to like grab me and he kind of like jabbed me, jabbed me in the eye. Yeah, you got eye And I got completely like, I, uh, what's the word? Equilibrium. I had no equilibrium and yeah, I was yeah. just like memory and just grab me and grab him, grab him. And I grabbed hold of him and then he was breathing really heavily. Yeah. And I, and then I got on top of him and I was about to like put him in some sort of, and then Mr. Robertson came and that's enough. I'm going to have to call it there, lads. I was like, no, I didn't tap. I didn't, it was really frustrating because there was a huge crowd there as well. And I was about to yeah. put him in a rear naked. Or How exciting was that? How exciting <laughs> was it back then? If you tried to do that these days, oh, you expelled now. Yeah. You tried to do that shit nowadays. <laughs> that's what I love and actually shout out to Mr. Cassidy uh, the greatest uh, PE teacher back then mm. he I remember he was my PE teacher for many years at, at high school and I remember one time he telling me that he used to be a teacher in the Queensland school mm. that was the school because he used to they used to teach boxing in really? high schools in Australia fuck that would have been sick it used to be in part of their PE yeah curriculum. wow but he was the teacher and he was part of the class in mm. which that it ended because it was the one someone bec- got concussed no not just cast he died no way a kid a kid suffered a concussion mm. and then had a delayed the delayed onset and he never woke up the next so morning so it must have been internal bleeding yeah something Were like they that they wearing helmets I'm not sure if they had headgear Most it must have been it. pretty fucking gnarly it must have been full on if yeah. you're getting but what he was part of them were, uh, who knows but, but he was part of, he's like he was like that was and then the australian government shut it down really after that fuck. in the in the army we had a similar thing they had uh boxing which you would think would make sense because it's the military you do this type of thing mm. and they got rid of it um really yeah i don't, I don't know when they got a similar situation you happened. guys did jujitsu in the army didn't you uh, in or ba- grappling in, of some kind not like what you think we did it through basic training like your guard and just really basic shit yeah um, I remember they they take you. They took me into a room and there was uh, blindfolded, and mm. they unblindfold you, and there's these guys completely padded up, and they just start hitting you, and then you got to defend yourself. <laughs> Shit! And I remember just like grappling with them and grappling with them, and they kept coming at me, and then I put one of them like I tried to put one of them in a guillotine or rear naked, mm. and then the guys like that's it, that's it, good stuff, convoy, blah blah blah, because they want to see you implement the stuff they taught you into the scenario. Yeah. Um, but that's all we did. And then the United States Marine Corps came over to Darwin. We trained with them. But we, our rank wouldn't let us do... Because they have a thing, it's a certain belt. They have like a PT belt. Hmm. And they, the, the, the Marine Corps did a lot of hand-to-hand shit. Hmm. And I was like, that's so fucking gnarly. I'd love to do that. But our, our rank were like, no, we can't do that. It's because of OH&S. And hmm. I'm like, but we're in the fucking army. This is what we do. Yeah. And it, it actually quite upset me because there's some of them that um, are like instructors in jujitsu and... And I would have loved to have done that. Are you getting paid to do that? Mm. But we just didn't do it. So yeah. very disappointed. Do you ever think about going back to the army? Sometimes, yeah. Like, oh, I you think, like the freedom, though. That's right. I, I, I always think about it. if I was to go back, what would I do? Or would I go Air Force? Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, would I do a, a really cruisy job in the Air Force? Because there's some jobs that are really, you, you get paid to do nothing. But at the same time, it's like, fuck, I want to challenge, I want to push myself. Mm. 
and like commandos would be something I'd be interested in, the special forces. But it's easy for me to sit here and talk about it. But to get in, is, it's just a different kettle of fish. Mm. Those guys, a lot of people think that you've got to be like a, a meathead, like really buff and like go to the gym and shit. It's like a superman. But it's not. It's not at all. It's about being smart, Your situationally smart. Yeah, and just having kind about you and just having resilience and to be able to carry heavy shit on you mm. and to walk up mountains and stuff. Like people don't understand that. Yeah, people don't understand that. They think it's all about kicking in doors and <laughs> yeah. it's not, a, you don't, you, it is part of it, but you barely ever do that. Yeah, right. Um, well, it's just like with so, the UFC that's about to, we haven't even talked about this today. Yeah. The massive fight that's about to happen today with Adesanya vs. Whitaker. It's going to be a good fight. Yeah, like we're all going to see the fight today, mm. but you didn't see the last three months of training camp. Yeah. Of just day in and day out. Of just, just constantly repetitious, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, even when I was doing Muay Thai, it was got very repetitious. Yeah. You just do the same warm up, the same. The it's good. It's really good, but it's just like fuck. This is so boring. We did this. We. It's- I think they should. Uh, well, I got to get you. Who do you think's got? Who have you got? I haven't been following the UFC in a long time. I barely. I. I just don't follow it. Hmm. But I, I'm obviously going for our boy Whitaker. Whitaker, yeah. Um, I saw the weigh-in yesterday, and fuck, they're looking in really good condition. I both are. Like Whitaker, I don't I think I've ever seen him that cut. Like he looks No, he was shredded. Sh- absolutely shredded. Yeah. Well, they're fighting at middleweight as well. Yeah. He doesn't look like a middleweight. He looks like a light heavy. Mm. So he's he's obviously dropped quite a bit away. He looks at the barber condition. yesterday, it was such mm. a good time because Kim, my barber, mm. is really into UFC. Uh, and there was like another lad, shout out to her, I didn't even get his name, mm. who was like we just had this mass discussion in the barber about the UFC in general, what's gonna yeah. happen. And it's like everyone he's like it's it's crazy how it brings people to get. It's going to be the biggest live attendance of any UFC ever. Fuck, really? It's about fifty six thousand people at no Marvel way. Stadium. Marvel, okay, yeah, yeah. It's going to be crazy. The the only shame is that they didn't stack the rest of the card. Oh, uh, like what's the next? What's the card under? The the co main is going to be good. It's mm. Ally Quinner versus Dan Hooker, which is going to be an absolute war. Yeah, I don't even know who they are. Oh, both <laughs> of them are just they're both known as like pretty much the toughest guys in the UFC. Like, okay. they're not going to go what weight heavyweights. Mm, no, one forty-five. Oh, okay, it's tiny, or one fifty-fives, yeah. maybe. I'm not sure. Mm. One of those two. But yeah, lighter. But those two are going to be great. But all the all the fights under that are like man. So that's why I didn't mm. want to travel over there for it. Yeah. But it's going to be an insane fight. I can't wait for that. Yeah, yeah. But I was just seeing along those lines that with like the Fight Club and and listen, we were talking about before <laughs> about people being weak. Yeah. It's like what was amazing about that Fight Club was that everyone knew where you were at mm. and that you couldn't talk shit. Mm. And that, that's why, like, all these, uh, all these like, jocks who play footy, right? And they might be big guys, mm. but it's like, but you couldn't. And I remember a couple of them trying their hand out. I remember mm. particularly Lockie Black. Shout out to Lockie. Ah, uh, yeah, Skater? yeah. Skater? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know his brother. Yeah. yeah. And uh, his, I, I used, uh, this is no, I love Lockie. He's great, especially mm. in high school. We got along really well. Mm. Seen him a couple of times since. Mm. And. Is uh, he always he always came down to watch the fights? Mm. And I'm like, when are you going to get in there? When are you going to come in? <laughs> and he's like, oh, he's like, no, oh, no, no. And I'm like, cool, I have have a bat. <laughs> and I remember we went for a grapple, mm. and he, if you don't know anything about it, mm. you're like a uh, you're, you're like a fresh puppy. Like you have yeah. no idea, and it's so easy to lace up. Uh, particularly one of my favorite moves was a a clinch and mm. a dive under to the back and just like a monkey ah, yeah. hopping on the back, and I would just take them by surprise, just grab their back lace it up and uh, drag him to the ground and that's it. Mm. And well, I remember after the first time I did that with him, he's like, oh shit, this, mm. is really, this is like... Technical, yeah. It's like, but I would have died if you didn't let go. Yeah. 
because he had to tap. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. what I love about it. And he's like, I think like this should be installed in schools. Oh, it just won't though. In the era we live in now, it just would not happen. It's like in America, it's like normal, like wrestling. It's a program. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they're so big into wrestling. Oh, I just, I couldn't see that happening here. Yeah. Like, or even, you know, Deck. Yeah, even yesterday he was saying, because he works with children stuff, it's, he's uh, doing a degree in teaching or whatever. Mm. And he said, um, I think it was at tennis coaching. And they had like, a, there was a mascot of some sort called um, uh, Timmy the Tiger. Mm. And all the girls was like, why isn't it called Tammy the Tiger? Mm. That's sexist. And these are kids. Like, that's sexist. That's, that's rude. Da, da, da. And it's like, fuck, man. When I was a kid, people didn't give a fuck about any of that. We played just, cops and robbers. Yeah, but people, people didn't. Oh, it just seems like today it's it's just people take like groups and shit. Like it's boys versus girls and mm. vegans versus meat eaters and mm. oh, it's just fuck. Like fuck who, all who, that shit. who cares? Like I don't know. No joke. A lot of people do though. A lot of people do care. It's, it's because just, they don't have something more important to care about. Oh, it's ridiculous. Uh-huh. The way the way today's society is, it's so oh, so sensitive as well. Because they don't have real problems. Yeah. yeah. Right. Like you you. That's what you talk about with solo traveling mm. experience. Like solo traveling gives you real problems. Yeah. You got to find a place to eat. You got to find a place to stay out, tonight. Yeah. yeah. And I highly recommend it. Yeah. I know you do as well. And mm. also going through the military, mm. you're going to deal with real problems in that. Yeah. I think a lot of it I learned from it's just life experience. Cause you meet so many random people from all walks of life. Mm. I met some guys, uh, dad owned a Chinese restaurant in Brisbane, very wealthy guy. And he was in the military and then you meet other guys that have like no parents and they come from very poor backgrounds. So it was mm-hmm. some of the people you meet is quite interesting. Yeah. And you meet younger guys and you meet older guys. And I know this is a um, bit random. It's still yeah. on the same line, kind of. But yeah, I remember yeah. you talking about yeah, a guy of. that ended his life at the shooting range. Uh, no, 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 not at the shooting range. No. no. Good friend of mine as well. Really sad what happened. But with it was the, this, a suicide, particularly amongst guys that come back or then in the army. I know it's very big in the US. It's like 20 yeah. veterans a day. Yeah, people don't talk about it either. Um, yeah, a good friend of mine um, in the army, he yeah, ended his life. Really, really sad. Mm. Very, very close with him. And then we had a, a, training, a training accident that happened uh, two years ago. Um, and a live fire ex and the guy was behind a... He was in a place where he shouldn't have been and he got shot. He got shot through the head and died. Um, By accident? Yeah, it was an accident. Oh man, uh, there's some I, I, there's some things I know about. I don't really want to talk about it because some yeah, of it's yeah. like no one sure. knows about it. But sure, sure. it was oh, if you the exercise that we we're doing was uh, very very how do I say uh, too confident that the live fire exercise they were doing was it was too um, confident in the ability of the soldiers because a lot of them were new uh-huh. and they were doing a live fire and. It wasn't well run. and just too much and for them. It was just a little bit of a recipe for that to happen. Mm. And I was like, fuck, man. If I'd been in another two years, that could have been me in a, like, a similar situation. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, yeah, pretty crazy. That's brutal. Yeah. Especially like with, with uh, I think a lot of firearms and stuff, going back to guns, is it's not the actual gun. It's the, the operator, the person using it. Definitely. Like whenever I had a like weapon, I'd be like an absolute Nazi. Like it'd be on safe. Even if it was unloaded, I would never aim it at a person at all. Mm. It'd be, always be aiming down or in a safe direction. Mm. And even when we're like clearing the weapon, like I'd clear the chamber, and but I'd go back and like double check because mm. it was just compl- like really, really strict with um, weapon handling. Mm. Um, so yeah, I think I think people people love that story last time that you told about stripping the weapon down. Oh yeah, to get inside the bathroom. Yeah. Well, speaking of which, I was going to mention 
uh, after our last potter together, one mm. guy reached out on Instagram. I have no idea what his name is mm. now, but he reached out saying that he loved. Uh, he got to. He's like, you got to get Roy back on <laughs> as soon as possible because I loved him talking about it's the man. Good to be back. It's good to be back. Yeah. yeah, being a man, like it's it's frowned upon being a man. Mm. I remember being a being a man used to be a cool thing, you know. Like, but now it's like it's fucking that's sexist. <laughs> it's toxic. They call it now. toxic masculinity. It toxic, yeah. I fucking hate that phrase. Yeah. Oh, hey man, I, but I feel like in these conversations yeah. that we have, and people can just hear that you just it's like you don't have to be so sensitive. Yeah. Like we're we're two dudes talking here. We don't give a fuck. Like it's not gonna. It's about the intent behind what you're saying. Yeah. Like when if you. If you're trying to hurt people with your words, it's a different thing. Yeah, but it's not it's not a problem to to own your uh, own your masculinity. Yeah, I talk about masculinity so much because mm. it's it's your natural role. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. I think people oh, people are just so cared to talk about shit, mm. and they, it turns into arguments and stuff. Like as I said, like I, li- I like talking about politics, and I like talking about the I like talking about the world we live in now, and and like even like like. When I meet Americans, I like to talk about their politics and like Donald Trump and that. And it gets really, people are really scared. Like, oh, da, da, da. yeah. Although like, even people in Australia have like a mindset of a certain person. Mm. And then I'm like, isn't it because of the media, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, no, you don't know, man. It's because of this and that. I read an article that <laughs> said that fucking some KKK people went to Donald Trump's rally. So that makes Donald Trump racist because they went to his thing, yeah. even though it has not, even though it's not his values. It's like, I know the extrapolations in sense. Oh, it's like, do your research and then, Oh, let's have a discussion about it as well. Not, not get emotional. And yeah, get emotional about, about it. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, uh, I, the, the reason why I wanted to talk about the gun stuff before was because mm. I've always, I asked people in the U S like, are you guys aware of how the rest of the world perceives your current situation. Mm. And they're, they're just not. <laughs> they don't perceive it to be a problem. Yeah, right. I, and obviously, because they have done <laughs> nothing to change it. But when I talk to other people, like especially on planes, I spent a lot of time in airports this year, mm. a lot of time on planes. And I just ask people about it. I'm like, what do you guys think about it? It's like, yeah, we all think they're insane for not changing. Yeah. It's like, they're just letting it get worse. <coughs> so I, just, I know we talked about that, but... Mm. Um, uh, I'm just trying to, if there was anything, I, I saved a whole bunch of things in my mind that I didn't want you to talk about before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, the last thing I wanted to come back to before maybe we start to wrap up was yeah. your three month, uh, your trip to Asia. Yeah. You talked about the Cambodia, you talked about the Thailand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is your plans to go back there soon? I don't know. I always see myself going back there because I, I love it so you much. Sort of live there. And I'm so confident there because I've been there so many times now, yeah, yeah, yeah. which is kind of bad because i want to push myself to go to different places i've never been to Mm. but then there's a thing called the unknown and people people are a little bit hesitant and yeah that's me sometimes like there's some places i want to go to but i I just don't know i just i like going back to bali and certain places because i love it so much but i think i need to venture out i really want to go to the u.s and canada that's up there Mm. i want to get a van and and drive the whole whole country but that's going to cost quite a bit of money and i i can't see myself going there anytime soon because I need to save up for it. Mm. Even maybe going back to Europe. But for most people, but, even hearing what you just said, I need to push my comfort zone. Yeah. Is that, but when you do go to these places, you do st- stupid shit. Like, uh, yeah. Well, not stupid. It's just... Uh, stupid. Educated stupid. Yes. I don't know. No, no, I, stupid I know what shit, I'm getting into most of the time. When I say stupid <laughs> shit, I mean, compared to the average guy just sitting in his, in his bathroom right yeah. now. I'm talking about with these Cambodian gangsters and the triads and whatnot. Hmm. It's crazy. Yeah. It's hard sometimes relating to people. Mm. Like, oh, like, 
I go back to like Melbourne and I meet people. Oh yeah, I'm doing a uni degree in chemical engineering and yeah, it's been good, been doing this. I'm like, I just can't, mm. I can't relate to them. You know what I mean? And a lot of people can't relate to me. Like, yeah. What do you mean you do that? You, you can't do that. It's fucking. It's hard to imagine. The, uh, I'm, oh, I'm so, I'm very much against uh, following the pack. There's so many people in life just following the pack because other people do it or they're influenced by their parents or friends and they're like, mm. oh, he's got a mortgage, then I'm obligated to get a mortgage. And mm. it's like, fuck, man, like, we're young, go live your life. Like, I say this all the time, like, time, you can always make money. You can always make money, but time, you just can't get that back. So make use of it, you know? A lot, and a lot of people say, oh, you only live once, but really emphasize that. Like, it's yeah, true. We're going to be gone, we're going to be dead soon, Mazel. Have just have some fun, like especially us being in a first world country where we have the ability to make money. Hmm. You can go travel wherever you want, and Doing with the access as a sort of airplanes and um, Airbnb, Uber, it's just constantly making things easier and easier. But people, some people are waking up. Some people are waking up. Like, I think Fuck. it's moving. Yeah, but there's still a lot of people out there that are just. Oh no! Got to pay the bills. Got to pay to survive. It's like fuck. Why don't you just? Yeah, they just work to live. You Why don't you? Saying? Yeah, yeah. It's I have this discussion with my clients all the time. Yeah, about that. And I had I was talking to one of my clients the other day about how today is the day you die. Mm. And what I meant by that is that the day you die mm. is no different to today. Yeah, like you'll still wake up, you still have your coffee, the sun will still rise, the wind will still blow. Yeah, there's nothing different about today. Mm. Right, there's, there's people think in their minds that the day they die is going to be this spectacular, miraculous day with all these crazy because they can't even really imagine it's going yeah. to be some special life goes on thing. But yeah, no, like the day you die will mm. be no different to today. Yeah, of course. It's just time. It's just the moments at hand. Yeah, it's like the guy, the 23 year old I was talking about before, who just died in his car. That's, fucked, That's yeah. a normal day. There's yeah. nothing special about the day he died. It wasn't like certain moons aligned and certain planets hadn't had to mm. come in. And no, he just he made a bad decision, and it was just Tuesday, the twenty first. Yeah, it's like the day you die is today. Mm. There's nothing different about today than the day you will die. Mm. Yet we think in our minds because we think we're special <laughs> that the world the day owes that you that nothing. Die, by the way, everyone, yeah, the world I mean, owes you nothing. The world doesn't owe you shit. Yeah. So it's uh. like that's why I always say to guys like you can either get your life handled now or never. You got to be productive. You really got to, especially being men. Like we have testosterone, and we have, it, that's there for a reason, you know. Oh, the oomph. Yeah. To be productive and to just go for it, you know. Yeah. Uh, I, I see people in life making it and doing something in life, and they're being successful. And I see, oh, the hate. I think a lot of the hate comes from people succeeding because they're like, "Fuck, this guy's actually doing shit. I'm not doing much in my life." It's easy to hate on the guy that has it all. Mm. Uh, I see it a lot. But people often confuse what having it all is. Yeah. And they but, don't understand what went into that as well. Yeah, exactly. But on Bumble the other day, I had a message from a girl. She said, it was a really good message. I love Bumble, by the way. I've never used it. I really like but it. But my client, US clients talk about yeah, it Yeah, because I don't know, with Tinder, there's a lot of time. We're off topic again, but it, it's relatable. But on Tinder, there's a lot of time wasting. You'll match with a lot of people, but the conversation won't go anywhere. You'll throw yeah. a really good line out or a really good hook. And then they'll reply with, hi. It's oh, like, I, fuck, don't match with me if you're going to be a, a, as boring as bread. I mean, come on. The fish. That's why I was laughing before we were talking about oh. fish and sharks because that's what I call boring people. Yeah. Fish. 
But um, on, on Bumble, the girl messages you. So you match with them, but she has to initiate conversation. I know the man has to lead and, and be the man, but I like this because then it shows they're interested and there's some sort of interest there. Well, as I, um, I was, did a whole podcast the other day on the top 10 dating mistakes men make in 2019. Yeah. Number eight or number nine was over-investing in online dating. Mm. It's like if, if you're using online dating to further your social dynamics and process of social cultivation, mm. you're in the... You've, you're fucked up. It's there to meet up and then... It's that's, for fun. It's the tool, yeah. It's a fuck around. Yeah. But you're not going to learn about yourself and grow and evolve yourself through using Tinder or Bumble. Mm. Okay. Anyway, back to this. This girl messages me saying, if you had 72 hours to live, what would you do? Mm. I was like, fuck, this is, I actually stopped and had to think. Had to think like, had that's to a think great it. question. I was like, that's a really, really good question. What'd you say? I said, I'd spend it with my family. Mm. Um, that's what I do. I'd go to the Maldives and be in a fucking seven star resort just some filthy rich resort mm. and we go diving eat the finest of foods and that's probably what i'd do i probably there'd probably be more to it than that I'd it's amazing that i'm surprised you that. say that yeah i'm surprised you said family first yeah because a lot I'm, of people be like oh, i buy a car and fucking do this i don't know no it's, i'm surprised yeah. because i know you mm. and obviously i've known roy right since we were like seven or eight years old mm. uh you've had for most of your childhood you had a really poor relationship with your family yeah, I'm not super poor, but just strict. You hated that. You yeah, hated that situation. I, I think it was because I like my freedom too much. And I, when I was younger, I, I was... But you changed now. Yeah, but I was lucky. I had, I was, don't get me wrong, I was super lucky to... My parents are lot lovely. I love them so much. And I've had a, a really good upbringing, good education, all that. But just, I think I like my freedom too much. I'm, mm. like, a, I'm like a bird. I felt like I was a bird in a cage, you know? Mm-hmm. But going to school and doing shit I didn't want to do. I'm like, why yeah. the fuck am I here? And it was like, you need your SAIS, you need your South Australian Certificate of Education if you want to progress into university. <laughs> um, if, it was a thing where, like, if you didn't have your SAIS, you, yeah. teachers were like, you're going to be a fucking junkie, you're going to be homeless, and you're going to be a heroin addict. Yeah, yeah. And then I was like, now that I look back, I was like, fuck, what was I doing? I should have got out in year 10, should have joined the army in year 10. Yeah. Should have just got out because I just had no... My SAIS certificate means nothing. Yeah, and well, especially like, nowadays. And I was like, fuck, what was I wasting my year 11 and 12 doing that when yeah. you need parent consent if you're under 18, I believe to get out of yeah, high school. So. Maybe it's 16. I don't know. But I was like, fuck, I wasted two years of my life in hmm. education is very important, but to a point, like why am I learning algebra and William Shakespeare? That doesn't, it's not going to. Oh apply. yeah. A hundred percent. I totally agree with that. I was like, fuck, why don't we do a lesson on managing money or um, social dynamics huh? how about we go out and teach you how to interact with fucking human beings can you imagine if they had a school that had like how to manage your finances yeah how to um social dynamics yeah physical education yeah to have which is good it's mm-hmm. relatable but this fucking algebra travel and just shit like that william shakespeare hartley mm. please read page seven on macbeth's william shakespeare oh, there's so, so much shit we had I, to go through why the fuck am i doing this i have no interest in it yeah. the english isn't even english it's 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 traditional. Oh yeah, back in that. They must cometh before us and all this yes. shit that no one. Dost fucking, us no. No one fucking says that shit anymore. Like, no. why am I doing? Why the fuck am I doing? <laughs> That's so true. That's so. Yeah, true. I just I just don't understand why we learned that. Yeah. Co- just I, cause. Just cause. It has to be the the South Australian education program, the the mm. doctrine they had. The but curriculum. it's like, why am I doing this? Yeah. That music as well, which was fantastic. Mm. And I was so jealous of those kids that played because we went to a music school. Yeah, music and people intense. always ask me, Hartley, what is it? What do you play? I'm like, I don't fucking play anything. Yeah, 
well, I played, I fucked around with the guitar a bit, but I didn't actually study it. And I was like, those, and you can see it with the music kids, they did what they loved doing. They, they loved doing it, yeah. They had different lessons, they had different everything, yeah. Can you imagine going to school every day and be like, fuck yeah, like I'm doing the tennis something. tennis program? I'm, yeah, I'm doing something I want to do. Yeah. But no, I was at school doing shit that other people wanted me to do because I needed to do that, but I didn't need to do that. Well, just I'm tagging back here. Yeah, the reason yeah, yeah. why I brought up your family, while well, I was surprised why you said family, but also not at the same time, yeah. is because you've changed a lot as you got older. Yeah. Whereas, you know, you def- I don't think you would have given that answer to for 72 hours when you mm-hmm. were the same answer when you were 16. Yeah, of course not. No. Of course, I, was so, I, oh, I was so stupid. Before I left for the army and I joined the army, I was the most stupidest. I had no initiative because everything was done for me. Yeah. Like, I just have... I come home and the beef, like I'd have a meal. And, yeah, the food's there, and it's all there. And then when I join the army, they're like, "You fucking make that bed," and I didn't make it properly. And I, and then my next minute, my mattress is out of the window, <laughs> yeah. and I have like two corporals in my face. Fucking, you better sort that out, come. Yeah, and it's scary. It's like that's why I grew up fast. I think, and I think travel comes into that a lot as well because yep. you're on your own and you mm-hmm. got to catch flights. You got to be punctual. You got to be here on time. You got to. Connecting flights as well. Yeah. It's like you can be sitting next to someone for 14 and a half hours straight. Mm. That's what I do. You create amazing relationships with people. Mm. But at a certain point, they're going to have to go. They're, they're staying in Vancouver and you're connecting to Toronto. Yeah. And you're going to make that connecting flight in like an hour <coughs> or, or whatever. You have, you be, basically means you have to hustle the whole way through because you've got to clear customs. You've got to get your bags. You've got mm. to transfer a terminal, et cetera. Do I get an Uber? Do I get a taxi? If I get a taxi, they're going to rip me off. Which gate do I take? Yeah. So, and then, so when you get off the plane, it's like go time. It's fucking go time. Mm. And you realize like, oh, I can't rely on this person. I can't just like chill with this person. Mm. It's like, I've got to fucking go. Yeah. That's what travel teach, teaches you. It's like, <laughs> you got your plan. You got to stick to your plan. You got to stay disciplined. Mm. And that it's all on you. Yeah. No one's like, it's like a very much like a dog eat dog kind of world. It's like everyone at this certain point. Yeah. Not that people aren't. In fact, most of my experience with traveling, people are ultra nice. Mm. But... People aren't going to go out of their way to make sure you get there on time. You're successful, yeah. right? Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. Or even traveling and, and meeting people, mm. like people have different stories and shit. When I was in Cambodia playing poker, I met this Canadian banker. Mm. He owned a bank in fucking Canada with mm. some other guys, and they ended up selling it for two billion dollars, and he got a huge payout, mm. massive payout. And the uh, when they did the agreement, there was a twenty-two million dollar difference they got paid an extra 22 million dollars and there was some big legal thing they were about to get into mm. and he just fled the country that's why it's in cambodia <laughs> and he was a single man and he's 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 there with a uh, a new girl he's met and he's yeah i was like that's fucking cool that's a really cool story yeah yeah met another guy in la works he's a producer in la mm. like he produces uh some massive television show i was like oh have you what celebrities have you met and I'm like, I mentioned some names, Justin Bieber, so-and-so. He's like, yeah, I've met them all. I was mm. like, you're kidding me. And I'm like sitting next to this guy talking to him and he's met all these celebrities and everything. Yeah. And I asked him, who's your favorite celebrity, the nicest one you've ever met? He goes, Tom Hanks. Yeah. I'm like, even that, that's such a cool conversation to have. It is. You're, not, you're just not going to have that conversation no. down in Rundle Mall next to the malls. Maybe you will. Fuck, who knows? It's I don't far know. less likely though. Yeah. That's, I'm not sure. I think I've mentioned this on the podcast before, but mm. I bet I, I, I can tell you, talk to just as many people like those crazy stories of people like, how the hell am I sitting next to this person and yeah. talking to them about this crazy shit? Like this uh, 21 year old or 22 year old. Um, the mining gold, tycoon? Gold mining tycoon. Yeah, you told me about it. Yeah, yeah. 
And uh, that guy was crazy. But at the same time, I love the story as well of when I'm in LAX waiting for my connecting flight and I sit mm. down at this table and and this, uh, I think he's probably like 16, this little 16-year-old mm. black, black dude comes up. He's like, oh, is anyone sitting here? And I'm like, no, have a seat. Mm. Right, and now listen, in the cafeterias and the typical thing in the US, like people don't talk to each other. Mm. Right? They stay in their phones. They just, but the, but, and I know a lot of people like that everywhere. But like they're adamant against not reaching out. Yeah, right. We're so in Australia. Why the fuck are you talking to me? If someone sits down at a table with you, you'll say good day. Like you yeah, say yeah. hey. Usually, but, usually, yeah, yeah. Most people, average people, yeah. will get into a conversation. At least say hey. But yeah, yeah. and so I say to him, I'm like, hey, how's it going? And it kind of blows his mind. He's like. Fuck, this guy's fucking talking to me. And we start talking about everything. We start talking about his entire life. We start talking about religion. He works at LAX. Mm. And I said, he's like 16. It's like a Sunday, by the way. Yeah. And I said to him, so I'm like, what are you you doing? He's like, well, basically, I I work at the airport Mm. because I like to come and I like to watch the planes and talk to the pilots because I want to be a pilot one day. Really? And he's 16. So he doesn't have to have to work there. He just... Works there so he can be around pilots. So he works in a cafeteria. He, he works at one of the cafe, yeah, one of the cafes, like, the, okay. like Maccas or something when he's yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. But so that on his breaks, he goes around the terminals and just watches the planes, watches the processes, talks to the pilots. It's really ambitious. Yeah. yeah. And when I was like, oh, I got to go catch my flight, and he's like, oh, what's what's where's your gate? I'll take you there. Yeah. So he like takes me to like my gate, wow. and I'm like, by the way, do you know where the bathroom is? Like, yeah, and Clinton, nearest bathrooms here. But he's like just this really cool dude, yeah. 16 year old who's like so switched on. Mm. And you ha- you like meet people like that as well. Mm. I, lo- oh, I forgot oh, his name. He wants to be great. a pilot. There's something about pilots when you see him in an airport, mm. they have that swagger about him. Yeah. It's like catch me if you can, you know, he's walking through the airport. Mm. But I see it, it's so, it's so lifelike. I always see it when I walk through the airport. They're a bit of, bit of asshole about him. I don't know, they walk around. Like, They're pretty uppity. Yeah. It's pretty cool though the way they present themselves. Like. But then there's like your lives in my hands. <laughs> Imagine a guy just in boardies and some thongs and a single. Oi guys, fucking, you know, I'll be your pilot for today. You want to see that? Oh, can you imagine how petrified you'd be? <laughs> the the uh, did you know that weed is legalized in Toronto? Yeah, uh, a few months ago, I believe I saw it. On, I saw it when I was there. Yeah, in Toronto, it was that. But I think it's been more than a few months because it was before I was there and they were well established. Yeah. You just walk down the street and you just go in there. Get a spliff. Yeah, and you can just... The times have changed. It's crazy. And uh, in Australia, did you see ACT? Canberra. Canberra. Yeah, first first Australian state to legalize recreational use. Yeah. Incredible. And Mm. uh, it was amazing though when I was there, I had no idea. Mm. And I find the world's catching. And then when Australia finally, I cannot wait for Rundle Mall. Mm. You just walk down, get yourself a brownie. (laughs) Can't wait for that. I've never had a brownie. I've heard some pretty gnarly stories of them, those things. I still haven't. I was about to record a podcast in Toronto. Yeah. On my last free day. I had one free day there before I flew home. Mm. I was about to... Because they have so many things. It's like it's not just like gummies and brownies. Yeah. They, have, do, they do weed teas. They do cannabis teas. Fuck. They do cannabis meals, full meals. Yeah, wow. Right? And what I was going to do was I was going to record a podcast of my first ever time high. <laughs> but because it was the day before my flight... Mm. And I have no idea how I was going to react to it. Yeah, I decided I do not want to get on 30 hours of travel, not Just knowing what's about to happen. Yeah. So I didn't do it, but, uh, but I can't, I, I will record. Yeah. It's, it's, it's in the flats. It's in the flats. Yeah. I remember going to Amsterdam and doing, doing weed and uh, I, I'm not much of a, I, I think I don't smoke it properly. So it doesn't really, 
inhale it. Mm. But I've, I've heard those edibles are pretty full on. Pretty intense. Yeah, you know, like you're, apparently you're meant to like, depends on the cookie and the batch and you're meant to have half and people end up taking one. It's like, yeah. yeah. But I just yeah. think about here in Australia is like, cause we're so tough on weed here in Australia. Yeah. And the, the cops think they're doing like a, a great service by putting <laughs> these people in jail and ruining their lives yeah, yeah. for like, a plant. Like your neighbor. Oh yeah. yeah, he actually didn't go to jail. He paid a huge fine though. I think. Really? I'm not sure how he got away with that. Yeah, for <laughs> viewers uh, who are like, "What the fuck's going on?" Well, Adam can explain the story. But well, the SWAT team came in pretty much. Basically, that yeah. my uh, my neighbor was had a hydroponic set up. There's some herbs growing. I'm not sure if I'm saying that right. Hydroponic, hydro, hydroponics, hydroponic. Yeah, yeah. and uh, full setup next to us, and it basically got to the stage where. At all hours of the day, all hours of the night, people would drop going to his front door, all cars, all different type of cars, and banging on the garage door trying Fuck to get their fix. And basically, we just called up and we're like, listen, something's going on here. What's going, <laughs> what's going on here? And then next minute, like days later, um, yeah, basically the SWAT team came by. <laughs> Basically, I wonder how they figured it out. Maybe they looked at the electricity bill and like, hang on a minute, why is your electricity yeah, bill? Who knows? Who knows? But yeah. it was. Uh, yeah, that was interesting. Wasn't there a cop like standing in your backyard? He's like, "Yeah, guys, just relax. We're just." Oh, that was a different time. That was. Oh, a... right. Okay. That was. Oh, maybe. That was when I came back from a from my London trip. When yeah. I was coaching in London, it was a couple of years ago. That yeah, there was one. I literally that morning when I came back, mm. I got in a ridiculous amount of travel from London to Adelaide. Got back. This is like 1 p.m. Mm. And I come in the door. And I'm standing in my bedroom. And basically, it's like, it's a nice summer's day. Mm. And I'm unpacking my shit. I'm drained. And all of a sudden, down my side, down the side alley of my bedroom, it's very so tight. Here, yeah, here, yeah, yeah, down, yeah, down the side, just behind Roy here. Uh, all of a sudden, this, this, this policeman and a German shepherd just sprint by. And I'm like... What the fuck? I was, I was like... No, I, I I didn't believe it. I was like, no, I didn't just see a, a policeman and a German Shepherd sprint down. You saw this through the window. Yeah, just through my window. And then I'm like, but then I heard like barking out the back. I'm like, oh, fuck, what's going on here? Yeah. So I go to the back. I walk out here into the lounge room, and there's just like a policeman, mm. I and like a federal cop, not Is like a, not local. Shit? Yeah, he's a federal, federal policeman, and with his German Shepherd standing in the backyard, and he's just like standing there, and and I, and I just like. I open the door. I slide over this door. Do you want some tea? And I just shout out to him like, can I help you? Because by the way, by the, I was like, because I'm like done 30 hours of travel here. I'm like, fucked. I was, it, yeah. I was literally, I was like, I had no time for this. Yeah. I was like, can I help you? And he's like, do you guys know anything about drugs in this area? Do you know about, do you anything know about the weed situation next door? Mm. And I'm like, do you know anything about plants? He said this to me, <laughs> do you know anything about the plants? And I'm like, uh, well... I make kale shakes here in the kitchen. That's about as much. I literally said that to you. Oh, that's such a good story. It's like, I know about the kale shakes. And I'm like, what's going on? It's like, mm. basically, there's these Aboriginal kids mm. that broke into next door because they, they were trying to steal weed. Was this next the door. same guy that was trying to steal it from? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah next door. Right. And so that's how they caught on. Oh. They caught on because these Aboriginal kids had tried to break in. And take shit. And take, and take the weed. And so, and then when Channel 7 News was by and everything, and they oh, interviewed my brother. Man. Did oh. you know about the weed? He's like, oh, I don't know. I how was you there and then growing up with her. <laughs> come at me. Oh, shit. But it was just, it was a fucking weird moment when you're like, come home from across the world, traveling, coaching. And you're zoned out and you just. Yeah. Not this federal policeman and a German shepherd runs down the side of your house. Big German shepherd? Yeah, huge. 
Fuck, imagine getting mauled by one of them. That'd suck. Powerful. That'd Powerful. really suck. I can still see him here today when I look in the backyard, just standing out there. I'm just like saying, like, can I help you? Yeah, yeah. And the first thing he's like, no, we do anything about the plants. I'm like, I don't know anything about the plants. All I know about is the kale. I make uh, kale shakes in my house. That's all I know. Shit. Yeah, but since then we've got a new neighbour now, she's good. It would have been good if someone jumped over and you had to... Well, the kids would jump in the fence, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Thank God the door was locked at the time. But that was a crazy time. Yeah, wow. Yeah, man. That's a sick story. Shit. Well, we've been going for some time here. Uh, fuck, we've been going for an hour. I, I have think. no idea. I think it's an hour, yeah. I'll check. No, we've been going for two hours. What? Yeah. No. Yeah. Really? Yeah, something like that. Close. No. Two hour recordings. It doesn't feel like it. It feels... Oh, that's because we're, we're vibing. We're yeah, vibing. yeah, far out. And we didn't have to go through the backstory. In the first podcast, we yeah. went through the backstory. So it was like, it was a bit more, it was a bit more like podcasty. Whereas this is just us chilling. This how, is what us is like normal. Yeah. How long was the last? Um, Only an hour and a half. Only an hour and a half. Jeez, yeah. we've smashed it. Yeah. Yeah. So UFC starts in half an hour. Yeah. Yes, I'm saying this right here. My heart is with Whitaker. I hope he pulls through. Because I've been following Whitaker since the very beginning. This is for the belt, yeah. Because well, I believe this one is, of them... this is to unify the belt. Rob is the current champion. Yeah, another was the inter, and Israel's inter, interim. Inter, I was about to say intercontinental. Interim. He's the interim, interim champ. Interim. So this is to unify the belt. Mm. So I'm saying this as I said the same thing at the barber, which is that Rob's my boy. I want Rob to win. I hope he, I hope he does. My heart's with him, but I will not be shocked if because pulls through. if Adesanya gets in, and the mm. way that I see it happening, if Rob's going to win, it's going to be. It's either going to be by knockout because he's got the power. Someone's going to sleep. Or it's going to be a TKO. <laughs> Someone's going to bed. If Rob wins. I can see yeah, him using right. the wrestling if he needs to. But with Israel, mm. he is literally a magician of mm. striking. If you see what he did to I Kelvin Gaslam, if you yeah. saw what he did to Addison Silva, to everyone, what he's done to everyone, he's pieced them all up. And he's a skinny guy, but he's tall and he's long. Mm. And I can see him winning a decision. Not, I can't see him taking out take, taking out Rob. Mm. I think Rob's too hot, too hard. I think for his that. favorite. I think Whitaker's favorite. I yeah, believe. but it's really close. The betting yeah, line is like one eighty to one eighty two. I'm tempted to throw money on it, but my yeah. last seventeen sports bets have all failed. <laughs> yeah. I'm not even kidding. I've lost six thousand dollars in online sports betting. Just I can't. It's too easy. There's people that make a living out. I don't know how the fuck they do it because yeah. I just keep getting shafted every mm. time. Ever since the Crows lost in 2017. Which I won $100 on. Put money on... Everybody oh, that. Out. Put money on Ronda, Ronda Rousey against Holm. Holm just Holm. knocked her the hey, fuck gig. out. Hey, gig. And I lost 300 on that. And then that you know, then, that was the previous... Uh, Melbourne. Yeah, yeah, that was in Melbourne that was, well. a, that was a really big... Um, that was a good that, event. That was the previous biggest UFC event. A lot of shit happened. Yeah. yeah. People don't know. People don't know. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't even know that. Melbourne's amazing. Yeah. All right, my friends. So, yeah. Uh, if you guys want to follow up, Roy... Yeah. Best place? Yeah, I'm not too active recently because I'm not... You've really been really active on the stories. Oh, I like to be more active. When you travel. I just got to get kitted out and shit. I want to do some shit you do, but I need money to do it. Um, but okay. yeah, I post Instagram stories. So nothing too... Pretty boring shit, actually. Maybe you find it interesting. Maybe... When you know. travel, though, you can see some of yeah, this Cambodian shit. I go hammer tong. I put a lot of shit when I travel. Yeah, yeah. Your travel yeah. shit's amazing. Yeah, it's, thank uh, you. It's thelarrican underscore travel. Uh, yes, that's right. Yeah. I... I've just started, I've had Instagram for a few years, but I I could never get my Instagram. Yeah, I know you're not that big on it, but but now yeah, I've got it down pat. The Larrican underscore travel. Yeah, cool, cool. Yeah. Anyways, it's all in the show links down below. And uh, yeah. if you guys enjoyed this, for sure, drop us some feedback. Yeah. Send me a message on the gram at Uitang One. Drop a comment on this on YouTube if you're watching. Thanks for having me, by the way. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. All time, every time. Yeah. So I like to do these when we've had some space. Yeah. Because it's been ten months. 
It's nearly a year, yeah. And you got back on stream, I'll travel. Mm. And we talked about some really cool shit this time. I'm gonna have even more stories next time I'm on here. Some hundred percent. It's gonna be I'm gonna it's gonna be you think playing with um, the mafia in Cambodia, the, the Chinese triads is a story that's gonna be I'm gonna up it. It's gonna Can't be wait. that's what I love. Every time it escalates. It's gonna be me in Mexico getting into a Mexican gunfight with some what? cartel people. No, I'm, I'm not a criminal, by the Wi-Fi way. Could people listening. Next time, this let's be, let's make a deal. Next time, this time next year, we're gonna have a story about sashimi style in Russia. Yes. All right. Yes. Let's do it. Fuck, man, I got big shoes to fill. But let's, let's fucking do it. Let's fucking do it. Let's get some sashimi style Russia. Sashimi <laughs> style. All right, my friends, we're gonna peace. peace out from here. Ciao. <laughs> my friends, thank you so much for diving into this portal. It means the world to me. I love your feedback. If you want to drop a comment on YouTube, if you want to slide me a DM on the gram, at Uitang1, best place to connect with me outside of this. Or even if you want to send your own context, hit up boldojo.com on pretty much every single page. There's a contact me form somewhere there where you guys can send your own individual context and we can dive in. If you guys would like a quick sip of social dynamics and all the other cool shit I'm exploring before your weekend dive, just head to boldojo.com, drop your email in. There will be a confirmation email sent to your inbox. Hit yes on that and uh, you'll receive the very next sip. Now, if you guys would also like to support this podcast and everything that's going on down here, you can donate directly through boldojo.com in the podcast section. You can also slide anything that you wish through the PayPal link, paypal.me forward slash ADAM. O-O-I. And anything that you guys do donate goes straight back towards this channel and everything that we're doing here at the Bowl at the Dojo. So thank you so much. I'm very grateful. And of course, if you would like to dive into deeper education and really get your shit handled, ebook, Crash Course to Kick-Ass Day Game, the Toolbox of Game ebook, that's on Boldage.com, one-on-one Skype coaching, Bowl Inside, and also the Day Game Foundational Boot Camps, all available through Boldage.com. And with all that being said, my friends, I wish you the absolute best in your life, the absolute best in your journeys. Much peace and much joy. Ciao.